I'm trying to I can hear you. I can hear you. Who is in a podcast? Let me see. Gold Derby Horses. 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 Nintendo's about to, uh, sorry, not Nintendo, Nickelodeon's about to hit you with a lawsuit. <laughs> oh, didn't do it, but I put the Minari score in, so I think I'm pretty good. If, um, if we had any sort of viewership, it just left. <laughs> We're just talking to ourselves now. Are you ready? <laughs> anyway, my name is George. <laughs> you know, wait, why do I need to say my name? Um, if you, Unless you're coming to this podcast for the first time whatever the fuck all right drunk fans thank you for coming uh we've got tristan hi brett hello and jared hi everyone this is it (laughs) this is what it's come down to everybody um since december that we've been doing this podcast it is time for our final oscar predictions finally holy crap not final, final in, in uh, air quotes. Yeah. Um, we do want to predict the indie spirits since they are happening on Thursday. And Tristan and I are going to flex because we got to vote. Yeah, I should have probably done that, but I'm just like, I have too many things going on. I don't know what's saying. So let me pull up the nominees real quick. That was me last year. This year, I have absolutely nothing going on. Well, because Ontario is like, you're not even allowed to breathe anymore. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm so jealous of you. So you can probably like binge all like the 80s Best Picture nominations and then I still have to go to work. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. I will tell you that I'm really not jealous of you right now. It sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah, it does suck. So but we can breathe. the time that you have. I'll say that. Yeah. So we can kind of uh, breeze uh, through the indie spirits. There's not that many categories. We'll start with TV since we predicted TV for Golden Globes and Saturday. We might as well do it here. Um, I will make a disclaimer. I abstain from voting in all the TV categories because, well, I haven't watched enough shows in full length to do so. So go to Midnight Gospel for everything. It's not nominated. (laughs) Well, that's stupid. It's already invalid. It's not even eligible. Why? It was the best show of last year, easily. But because the budget, whatever. Anyway, for for best male performance in a new scripted series, we have Adam Ali in Little America, Nico Annan in P Valley. I'm C O N P H I D A N C E in Little America. (laughs) Bless you. Bless you. Um. Amit Rahav in Unorthodox and Harold Torres in 000. So, can I go or do you have? You go, Jared. You're the one who knows about TV. Uh, so, as like the kind of unofficial TV head of the group, um, it's far and away Adam Mahil for Little America as Zion, 
Um, for those of you who don't know, it's an Apple anthology series, and every episode's a different story of an immigrant's experience of coming to America. And this particular episode, I hope I'm getting it right, but I'm pretty sure is the episode about um, Adam has to play this Syrian man who's gay, but in Syria, that's like outlawed. And so it's his emotional journey of traveling to America, and he gives a great performance. So that's far and away my my who I would vote if I had a ballad. Well, based on that, I guess I'll predict him. But like, yeah. this is also the first year that any spirits are doing TV, so it's it's just a crapshoot. Yeah, yeah. I um, and I know George, you you completely opted out of all the tv categories but i i opted yeah. out of this one uh because i have no attachment and i have not seen any of these shows uh, i do want to see unorthodox i do want to see little america i saw a bit of p valley wasn't my thing um i have no idea what zero 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 is i don't think we even got a screen i don't know either pardon nothing i made a really dumb, dumb <laughs> oh uh it's probably going to be Little America because we got like all the episodes for that one and all the other shows sent us like one episode. Okay, then. Yeah. Little so America. Like just by default, they're going to yeah. give it to, yeah. Yeah. And Brett, I guess you'll, you'll just go with that too. I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, then we have Best Female Performance in a New Scripted Series. Elle Fanning um, and the Great. Yes. Shira Haas and Unorthodox. Oh, no. Abby McInnenny, Inanny, I don't know. In work in progress. Um, not gonna try to pronounce that. And never have I ever. And Jordan Christine Simon. And we are who we are. So, like me and Tristan are about to fight right now. And I'm so sorry, but there's yes, no way are. Elf. Elf. I abstain from this category. There's no way Elle Fanny is as great as what Jordan Seaman is doing and We Are Who We Are delivering a performance that is just, just, yeah. It's Jordan Kelsey's um, Seaman, Simone's um, win all the way, in my opinion. Delivered her and Jacqueline Grazier, even though Jacqueline Grazier wasn't nominated, but they both delivered like some of the most intense powerful transformative child acting i've seen like ever and they were handed just such a big role and they made it look so easy and so much of her role in the show is a lot of just with her eyes and with her body language and she just mastered that performance with ease and i i feel like i want to see the great now just so i can i can say Elle Fanning's role wasn't <laughs> as great as Jordan's role on We Are Who We Are, but I'll still respect your opinion, Tristan, and yeah. I watched I, half of the first episode of We Are Who We Are, and that was like Kino, so I'll agree with Jared. Well, since I haven't seen We Are Who We Are in full, which again is why I abstain from voting, I'm going to break away from the pack a little bit. I'm going to say Shira Haas. And the only reason for that is because she got the Emmy nomination and the others didn't. Um, to be fair, in the cases of who are we are who we are in the great, um, they're not in, they weren't in last year's eligibility window for the Emmys. Unorthodox was, I don't know about the other two shows here, but um, so maybe it's flimsy reasoning, but uh, I'll, I'll fuck it. I'll just go share a house. So I have a lot of stakes in this category. I have a lot to say here. Um, for multiple of these contenders. 
uh, first of all, Al Fanning. I've mentioned it on this show before. She's my celebrity crush, of course. I'm voting for her. Sorry, uh-huh. Jared. I know that's a stupid reason, but I love The Great, not just because of her, but I think, I think her performance in The Great is just really outstanding, and it might be her best to date. Um, what she does in that show is just like. I, I never thought of her as a comedic actress. I didn't think she could really pull that off, but she pulls this uh, balance between comedy and drama off so perfectly. And uh, I was just really impressed with her. So I, I voted for her. I have not seen We Are Who We Are yet. Unfortunately, I'm going to. Um, but I, I, I said I had stakes in this category. I want Maitreya Ramakirshanan to win because she actually is uh she lives five minutes away from me yeah I remember reading about that like when the show first premiered never ever ever so she's my age and she goes to the school I went to um a catholic school and then the public school Meadowville is like right beside it like five minute walk she went to that school and we were in the same grade I don't know her but I I have like I know a bunch of people who know her. So kind of like um, uh, Brett and Kaylee Spaney. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. I Yeah, I want her to win just because like well, association. But Yeah, how it ends is good at me. <laughs> well, the closest thing that I have to that is uh, a classmate of mine went to summer camp with Reese Witherspoon's daughter. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. Was Reese Witherspoon's daughter nice? I don't know. I never met her. I mean, did they say your classmates say she was nice? Brad Pitt so. played Anna in high school, and she rejected him. Dude, that's so crazy. <laughs> that's yeah. That's, that's actually wild. wild. Mm-hmm. Okay, best new non-scripted or documentary oh, series. Wait, I never said I. I'm predicting uh, Shiraz. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, for best new non-scripted. Non-script or documentary series. Atlanta's Missing and Murdered the Lost Children, City So Real, Immigration Nation, Love Fraud, and We're Here. I have not heard of any of these. I'm just gonna go random. Actually, Jared, you go. So I'll be honest, the only one I've heard so far is We Are Here, which is which I've heard is a really great show about these um group of drag it's group of drag queens and they go to different um cities and they just help their cities. I, I don't know too much, but I know what it is. And I know it's good. So I guess if I had to predict, it would have to be we're here. I'll do that. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So I, I said in the chat that I, I hadn't, uh, I didn't vote for this category, but I actually, I, I forgot I did vote because Dan watched all of these and told me to vote for we are here. So I did that. Heck I yeah. guess I'll follow that logic yeah. too. But um, I, I'm reading the synopses and Atlanta's missing is uh sounds like a very topical thing so they might go for that but it's it's voters it's it's not like the same as like like other awards bodies it's just people who really love independent film and I feel like okay. we're here is like you know it's a crowd pleaser it's it's also um I don't know it seems like it's the one that has garnered the most attention so it's hard to not predict that one okay so then for best new scripted series, we have I May Destroy You, Little America, Small Axe, A Teacher, and Unorthodox. I, 
it's far and away I may destroy you. I think especially after the whole Golden, yeah, it was Golden Globes controversy about like this not getting anything over like Emily in Paris. I think they're gonna award it. <laughs> plus, plus from what I'm seeing, it already got this ensemble cast, and yeah. so I think that's just a tie-in. And it's such a great, <clears throat> innovative show. Just overall, it's de- this and like we are who we are. We're definitely like some of my favorite TV shows of all time in terms of taking this topic and deconstructing it. And I'll be honest, um, if you've listened to his podcast, you know, like, like George's, George really loves um, Promising Young Woman. So I would actually highly recommend, George, you take a look at this show because it kind of deals with that same topic. But I don't know, like, it's just, it's just so good. I recommend it to everyone. It's one of those, like, you need to watch to support it and storytelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah I definitely want to check it out. Oh, excuse me. I've yeah. seen a few episodes of it, and it's it's super good. I gotta continue. I voted I'm, for it. I'm actually tempted to say Small Axe because I there's think a lot. Small Axe of... will probably win. To be completely honest, I was gonna say the same thing. Because it's movies. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's also Steve McQueen. Yeah. Speaking of which, are you guys so jazzed for the Underground Railroad series? Oh, fuck! Heck yes! Yeah. Oh, oh, I, oh I saw that trailer and I was I was like crying during the trailer. I was like, oh goodness, dude. I, so I, my boy I sent Barry. this to the group chat and I'm like, get ready, everyone, buckle in those seatbelts. <laughs> yeah, that's that's gonna sweep next year, right? Like Barry yeah. Jenkins is a king. Yeah. Yeah, he's honestly like like people talk about like the new school of filmmakers. I think he's right at the top of that. Yeah, yeah. and it's wild this is next film's gonna be Lion King too. <laughs> Yeah, that's upsetting. But you know, I'm uh, very I mean, you know, if Chloe Zhao can do Eternals and Emerald Fennell can do a DC movie, why can't Barry Jenkins do this? Am I right? There's gonna I be heard... two filmmakers to, but then I'm afraid it's gonna be they tell them what they want, and then they're gonna be like lame movies made by cool people. But hopefully, I'm wrong. I yeah. heard. Um, I I think Eternals is gonna be like pretty amazing. But yeah. I heard uh, Barry Jenkins actually got the idea to do Lion King because he was doing a podcast with uh, Chloe Zhao and she was telling him about her experience on uh, uh, like working with Marvel and he's like, okay, I'll work with Disney. So, All right, film. To be completely honest. Yeah. All right, film. Yes. She Dies Tomorrow. Well, this is for cinematography. She Dies Tomorrow, Bull, The Assistant, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, and Joshua James... Uh, no, I'm, I'm saying his name. Nomadland. I'm going with the Oscar nominee. Nomadland. And what did you vote for? Nomadland. Yeah. Same. Nomadland all the way. Yeah. Because that is a movie that needs to be seen on IMAX screen. And I hate that no theaters were open when it was on IMAX. Well, it opened on IMAX near me, but I didn't get a chance to see it, unfortunately. Uh, no, George. Yeah. Same thing with me, unfortunately. I did the exact same thing was open next to me did not get to see it best editing wait can i just say she dies tomorrow is terrible did you watch it george no i didn't oh my god can tucker oddly's in it yeah so brett's gonna stand it okay maybe i'm just off base on this one but i i hated it like i i didn't even finish it i i just turned it off like 40 minutes in all right best editing uh the invisible man Never always, sometimes always. Residue, 
I Carry You With Me, and Nomadland. Again, oh, yeah. yeah, probably going to go with the Oscar nominee, which is also what I voted for. Um, I'm going to predict Nomadland. I voted for The Invisible Man. That makes I sense. Feel like, I feel like that's weird because Invisible, Invisible Man is a mainstream movie. Yeah. But I don't know what I'm... It's not really... I don't know. I've talked to a couple of other indie spirit voters who also say, like, yeah, it's not really an indie movie. I'm kind of surprised that it's there, but... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to predict I carry you with me because I don't really know what to predict, and I'll predict the gay vote. <laughs> well, I, I haven't seen it, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, and I think from what I've heard, it's, like, time... Like, like it seems like an editing movie, and I can't really explain why, because I guess it's a big spoiler for the movie. All right, best international film. Real quick, I want to say I abstained from voting in this category, and it was the only film category I did not vote in. Uh, But the nominees are Baccarat, The Disciple, Night of the Kings, Preparations to Be Together for an Unknown Period of Time, and Covadas Aida. Going with the Oscar nominee. Yeah, Yeah, going with the Oscar nominee. It's also like the best reviewed movie here. Shadow yeah. for preparations to be together for an unknown period of time. Like, I don't know why I just vibe with that title. Yeah, that's an awesome title. It's pretty wordy. Um, I almost voted for that just because of the title, but I decided to abstain. Uh, yeah, I'll go with Ida as well. Best supporting male Coleman Domingo for My Rainey's Black Bottom, Orion Lee for First Cow, Paul Racy for Sound of Metal, Glenn Turman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and Benedict Wong for Nine Days. Racy. Oh, yeah, I went Racy. Common yeah. Domingo for me. It'll be Racy, but like if it went to Benedict Wong from Nine Days, I'd be pretty sick. Not gonna lie. Heck yeah. 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 Um, it's gonna be Racy. I voted for Racy. Same. Um, would be super cool to see Benedict Wong. I almost <laughs> voted for him, actually. I wish Sound of Metal won Best Movie of Life. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Best Supporting Female. Alexis Chikese for Miss Juneteenth. Yeri Han for Minari. Valerie Mahaffey for French Exit. Talia Ryder for Never Really, Sometimes Always. And Yunya Jung for Minari. The Oscar nominee and eventual Oscar winner. Spoiler alert. Yunya Jung. Yeah. So, I, I agree. I, I predict her. I voted for Talia Ryder. Oh, I voted for you. Yeah. I'm going Tyler Ryder. So who are you going to predict? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'd love if she won. She's so good. She yeah. is. She is really good. Yoon's going to win an Oscar, so that's that was my thought process. Yeah. Uh, so best documentary nominees are Collective, Crip Camp, Dick Johnson is Dead, The Bull Agent, and Time. Bit of a toss-up. Between Crip Camp, Dick Johnson, and Time. We'll go Time. 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 Yeah, I'm predicting Time. That's also what I voted for. Uh, I voted for Dick Johnson. I've seen four of these five nominees. So, and four of these five nominees are Johnson. No, I haven't. Dude, it's so good. Oh my God. I know. I need to see it. Best male lead Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman for Marty's Black Bottom. Ardash Gurav for The White Tiger, Rob Morgan for Bull, and Stephen Yun for Minari. I'm going to say Chadwick, but I would not be surprised if Riz won, and Riz is who I voted for. Her boy Riz. Um, what is it for, for best lead? 
Factor. Uh, oh, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say Chadwick, but I uh, I voted for Riz. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll go Riz too. I actually don't know who to vote for. Who I predict. Best female lead. Nicole Bahari for Miss Juneteenth. Viola Davis from Our Black Bottom. Sydney Flanagan for Never Really, Sometimes Always. Julia Gardner for The Assistant. Frances McDormand for Nomadland. And Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. Um, my instincts are telling me it's going to be Sydney versus Carrie. Because cinephiles are voting for the indie spirits, I'm going to say Carrie. Do I even need to tell you guys who I voted for? <laughs> I, I feel like I don't know. Like- yeah, I think you should, because I'm, I'm getting a little confusion on my end. Okay, well, I figured it was obvious for the people who've been listening to this podcast. I voted for Carrie. Um, <laughs> oh, I thought you voted for uh, Julia Garner. I thought you voted for Andre Day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm honestly surprised that Ma Rainey's is nominated. It's... I mean, Viola Davis is excellent. She's not an undeserving nominee, but... Not an indie movie. Yeah, not really. Yeah. Uh, I went with um, Frances McDormand. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a battle between Mulligan, McDormand, and Flanagan. Uh, it might be Flanagan. You never it, know. It might be. I... They went with The Farewell Over Marriage Story last year, so. They did do that, but yeah, I'm going Flanagan. Yeah, I'm I don't going know. Flanagan I, too. I, I just these aren't regular cinephiles. They're like indie cinephiles. Yeah, but another thing that they do is they tend to go with the Oscar nominee when they are nominated. Doesn't always happen, but sometimes. Yeah, they went with Aquafina last year. That's a quiet. No, movie. they went with Zellweger. I'm pretty sure. Did they? Yeah, oh, they Aquafina did. wasn't nominated. They went with uh, what's her name? The the grandma. Oh, Josh, she's in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say Carrie for the win. I would not be surprised if it's Flanagan. Wouldn't be surprised if it's Big Dorman. Not so sure that I, I, I don't. I think I would probably be surprised with Bahari, Davis, or Garner. Same. More than likely, but I, I voted for Carrie. So. I voted for McDormand. Best first screenplay. The Assistant, uh, Last Lapsus, Miss Juneteenth, Palm Springs, and Straight Up. I'm going to say Palm Springs. Um, I can see Miss Juneteenth winning. I can see The Assistant winning. I'm saying Palm Springs because it's the most popular. And uh, that's also what I voted for. Yeah, I voted for Palm Springs because I think The Assistant's bad. And Lapsus, I couldn't really get through. I'll say that too. I'm going to say Miss Juneteenth because from what I've been hearing from people, just a lot of people really liked that. And it was just a smartly written movie about coming of age and whatnot. Best screenplay Minari, Promising a Woman, a light, uh, or Never Always, Sometimes Always, Bad Education, and the Half of It. Oh, heck yeah, we're getting some bad education love. I'm going with that. And the half of it, love. That's so surprising. That's it's not that great of a movie, but um, yeah, I think it's gonna be promising, young woman. Um, I did vote for it, obviously. Yeah, was that obvious? No, I'm just 
It could be never rarely, but I'm going to It could go... be. Yeah. I feel like Minari would be uh, more likely upset though. Maybe, Just... but never rarely is a really like very much a screenplay kind of movie. Well, so is Minari, but Yeah. I feel I don't know. For me, Minari's more of a directing acting movie, but it's got a great screenplay. So. Well, uh, I don't know. I, I would say uh, Promising a Woman's also very much a directing showcase, more so than me and Ari, but... Yeah. Hmm. Speaking I, of directing... <laughs> oh, I went with uh, Promising Young Woman. I voted, and that's my prediction. All right. Well, speaking of directing, uh, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman, Eliza Hittman for Never Really, Sometimes Always, Kelly Reichardt for First Cow, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Congratulations, Chloe Zhao, on your indie spirit for Best Director. Yeah, there's no way. That's who I voted for. Literally, if if she doesn't win, I will bathe in mayo. (laughs) Dude, don't make promises like that. I'm going to have to do a boss baby essay because my octopus feature. I voted for for Emerald for now. Just really over FYI. Chloe? Over Chloe? You already screamed at me for saying I'd vote for Emerald Fennell to win the Oscar too, okay? Oh yeah, I did. Well, I'm gonna scream at you again. So Tristan, yeah. I'm making a few after my short film, I'm making a few video essays on the channel before I start on the next short film. I'll yeah. help you with the boss baby one. Heck yeah. That's gonna be fun. <laughs> so for the John Cassavetes Award, I actually lied, I actually abstained from voting for this one too. Um, the nominees are The Killing of Two Lovers, La Le- Leyenda Negra, Liguina Lingua Franca, Residue, and St. Francis. I'm, I'm going to predict Killing of Two Lovers because that's the one I've heard of. And, you know, our boy Dan likes that a lot. Oh, I was, I was going to vote for St. Francis because that's the one I've heard of. Yeah, St. Francis is by far the most popular. Yeah. That movie's huge. Kinda. All right. Then it's not, also, it's not also, huge. That's a kind of an exaggeration, but but it's also, made like a lot of year-end lists. Well, I'll switch to I'll switch to St. Francis then. I didn't vote for that either. Yeah, I don't really know anything about this category. I don't even know what it's for. It is. It's like the lowest budget thing. I don't know. Uh, well, because John Caff- Castanetti's is kind of like. A tour director who yeah, legend make movies for cheap, you know, legend. like a woman under the influence, and he was in Mikey and Nikki, you know. I haven't seen any of his movies. I should. All right, best first feature. The nominees are the forty-year-old version. I carry you with me. Miss Juneteenth. Nine days and Sound of Metal. Going with the best picture nominee for my prediction. However, I voted for Nine Days. I also voted for yes. Nine Days. Yes. I, I would have voted yeah. for Nine Days if I had an account. Because, like, yeah, I love Sound probably... of Metal, but, like, Nine Days has, like, a perfect screenplay. Yeah, Nine Days and um, On the Count of Three are kind of oh, duking wait, wait, it wait. out. Is Sound of Metal in that category? Did I miss that? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'd vote for Sound of Metal. I love Nine but... Days, but... For screenplay, though? Yeah. This yeah. is not for screenplay. This is first feature. This oh, first directing. Feature? Yeah, I'd go Nine Days. No, I'd have to go Sound of Metal. I'm sorry. But I love Nine Days. I mean, well, Nine Days and On the Count of Three are duking it out for my favorite movie, 2021. Um, well, at least until Dune comes out. Um, because oh. Dune is absolutely going to be my favorite movie of 2021. I, I, I already feel it. Wait, did you see Mass? I did see Mass, yes. Oh, dang. I'm surprised you like On the Count of Three more than Mass. I like an adrenaline rush, buddy. 
Yeah. yeah. I, look, I, I agree. My, my favorite... Really? Wow. No, 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 no. Tristan, are you really surprised? No, no. I, I, I say I, I like... I admit that, like, I agree with the fact... For some reason, I admit I agree with the fact that George would like On the Count of Three more than Mass. Oh. I, I would give Mass a little bit of an edge over On the Count of Three, but they're actually really close for me. I think yeah, they're both, like, I mean, pretty perfect. I mean, listen, like, my favorite movie 2020 is Promising Young Woman. My favorite movie 2019 is Parasite. True. Like, I like movies that give me a rush of adrenaline, you know? My and, favorite... like, so oh. Mass is like a very like contemplative, quiet, cathartic film, and on the count of three, it's just like one that like I was literally shaking when it ended because of how just yeah. like much hey, yeah. of it. And Mass it was, you know? Mass is an excellent film, like it, it really is. But I do like on the count of three in nine days just affected me a lot more. What I'll say is. Temporary Mansion Mass and Only Count of Three are all locks for my 10 of the year. Yeah, ma- Mass might be a lock for my number one of the year. Actually, I can't say that. But yeah, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be even, number one. Even for with my time. obsession with Strawberry Mansion, I would never say that one mo- movie is a lock for my number one because you never know. Yeah. You never know. But Mass and Nine Days 100% are locks for my 10 of the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If Strawberry Mansion is not in my 10 of the year, I will literally bathe in mustard and mayo. Dude, it might be uh, like the greatest year ever. It honestly will be. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, and finally, best feature. First Cow, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Minari, uh, Never Really, Sometimes Always, and Nomadland. First Cow. I was going to go out first. <laughs> you ever watch that, Jason? Yeah. First Cow? No, I, I never got it. Uh, I'm going to, though. I, I knew I'd vote for Nomadland anyway. It's decent. It's good, Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be Nomadland, but I voted for Minari. It'll be I, Nomadland. I'm kidding about the first cow. Yeah, I voted Nomadland. And but my choice would also be Minari, even though I'm not going to be upset if it's Nomadland. Obviously no, I'm not me. either. If I voted, I think I'd honestly vote for Never Really, Sometimes Always, because um, Nomadland's going to get the bigger love at Oscar season. This is really like the time for this movie to shine and so yeah we can well, say the same thing about first cow yeah what you can say the same thing about first cow yeah but this is just my opinion <laughs> okay no that's fair i mean i feel like it's kind of stupid that the oscars nominated the white tiger over never really sometimes always that makes no sense to me. different categories isn't it original nope adapted never rarely adapted no, White Tiger's adapted. Oh, then what's there's something in original that's like crazy, guys. Real uh, talk, I just put, I'm editing my 2020 um letterbox and I just put Hubie Halloween above Tenet. <laughs> wow, Valid, though. <laughs> all right, Oscars <sighs> best live action short film, feeling through. The Letter Room, The Present, Two Distant Strangers, and White Eye. Full disclosure, I have not seen a single short. Yeah, I'm going to say The Letter Room because obviously um, Oscar Isaac. That's yes. why I'm tempted to say it, but I've heard no real passion for that film. And 
while I've heard Two Distant Strangers is not great, it is visible on Netflix. And it does have a topical message and maybe they'll watch it and think of, you know, Black Lives Matter or George Floyd. So I think I'm going to go with Two Distant Strangers, but I'm not feeling super good about it. And I, I plead the uh, the first amendment of the oscar predictions constitution that i can change my prediction at any time what is that is that a signed document that's in the white house is biden protecting yeah. right now? what was that i don't know yeah. <laughs> drafted I, I by to... uh matt neglia eric anderson clayton davis oh the founding I'm... fathers uh, George, I'm keeping track of everyone's predictions. I'm creating like a spreadsheet. Okay. Can we all put it in a betting pool of five bucks so whoever wins gets 20 bucks? Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Mm, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to bet this year. I'm not. I don't, I don't know if I'm ready. Um, I mean, it's only uh, my third year predicting, man. so to be fair. I will go with George on this one um, and pick Two Distant Strangers. Because that's the only one out of these nominees that's been widely seen. A lot of people are talking about it. And it's creating a conversation. Not everyone's loving it. But um, even the people who don't love it are, are talking about the themes that it addresses. And it's, uh, it's got a similar narrative to Skin. But it's got a lot more going for it than Skin had. Because it's got um, Joey Badass, the rapper, is, is <laughs> the lead in it and i know he's got a big fan base and then it also has like a bigger support system than skin had so uh yeah I, i'm going with that mr robot season two star joey badass yeah oh he's in that what the heck yeah <laughs> i'm actually a big fan of his music he's really good all right best documentary short subject wait jared jared never predicted yeah that. yeah he did oh that's okay. no, he didn't no, he didn't. I'm gonna, I'm you said the letter two. room. No, I said the letter well, room. Yeah, I'm going to say two distance changes and agree oh. with well, everyone. But yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> we, sh we should go in order so that we know like who's gone. And stuff. Yeah, we should. Um, okay, best should documentary. Alphabetical order? Brett, George, Jared, me? Sure, let's do it. Uh, documentary short subject. The nominees are Colette. A concerto is a conversation. Do not split. Hunger Ward and a love song for Latasha. Brett Denise Scut Tano. What are you going with? Um, let me get up my gold derby real quick because these I don't know as well, but I figured it out earlier. I put a love song for Latasha because it's number one on gold derby and I know nothing about these. I've been hearing a little bit more about a concerto as a conversation. Okay. So that's what I'm going to go with for now. Plus it's got the funkiest title and uh, we know how that goes. Learning to skateboard in a war zone, period end of sentence, have a, yeah. is a traffic jam on the 405. It just happens. Yeah, you're right. I, I just changed mine. You're totally right. So you're both going with concerto. Yeah. Yeah. It's also about the composer of green book and Ava DuVernay is really campaigning hard for this movie because she produced it. Oh, cool. She's not a nominee, but yeah. I don't know. I think I'm going to still stick with... Um, shoot, I lost it. I'm going to still stick with a love song for the T-shirt because I've just been hearing a lot about that one. 
and nothing about consentos or conversation. So I'm sticking with Love Song. Um, is Latasha's on Netflix, right? Yeah. What about um, Concerto? Is that widely seen? I, I'm not sure, but I do know that it played at Sundance. Okay, let me this look year because that that will determine which one I pick. It doesn't always have to work like that. It doesn't, but those both have a lot of like th- those both have a lot of buzz behind them, and I feel like the one they've they've got like the same amount of buzz, and the one that's more widely seen is going to end up pulling through. I don't know, man. I mean, I just, I don't know. Just, just, I mean, you think about the Green Book connection and then, you know, um, Amy DuVernay. It's distributed by New York Times. That's so weird. New York Times. Okay, let's talk about all these, the non-film companies distributing films now because isn't Airbnb now distributing movies or some shit like that? (laughs) Yeah. Don't even get me started on that jackass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Movie Pass was distributing American Animals. That was weird. Gotti. <laughs> yeah. That was that was a meme though. <laughs> distributing Gotti. That movie was a meme, and that company was a meme. All of it was a meme. Oh, uh, I'm gonna go with a love song for Latasha because I just read the the plot, um, and it seems very relevant to what's going on right now. And it also is on Netflix, and it looks like a lot of people have seen it. So I'm going to go with that. Okay, well, Thank that's you. also good time. Oh, by the way, we don't have to go, like, literally in order of what we're predicting. It's just going to be, like, how do we start off, I guess. Okay. Um, so Best Short Film Animated. Nominees are Burrow, Genius Low C, If Anything Happens, I Love You, Opera, and Yes, People. I am going with anything happens. I, if anything happens, I love you. I feel yeah, like it's far and away the one that has the most. Yeah, sense. yeah, yeah. Um, the only possible upset I could see happening is Burrow because it's more kind of the yeah, yeah. Disney. Disney, it's the cute one. But I, if I anything think, happens, I love you is the one I've heard the most about. I heard and it's like a masterpiece. If like, Disney yeah. would have, if Disney would have pushed out to be their nominee, I think it would have been a harder conversation. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Right I don't it's know. Not even because, to like, talk. I think everything I love you is, is totally the one that's going to get in. But even then, like, if anything happens, I love you. Like, a lot of people are saying is one of the best animated yeah. shorts of all time. Like, yeah. The only reason I even know what Out is is because of Inside Pixar, and like, with anything, if anything happens, I love you. I mean, for one, it has Laura Dern behind it, and two, like, it's just been pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. People just talking about it and talking about it. This was my um, logic for predicting hair love over Kitbull last year and predicting Bao. Like, yeah. it's interesting. Even um, though Kitbull should have won, I said it. Kit for the, great. Yeah, for the record. I saw all of the animated films in theaters actually last year, and Kitbull was, I think, the best one for sure. But Hair Love's still really good. I liked Hair Love a lot. Um, for the record, the, the last two years in a row, I got all three short categories correct. I think, yeah. Um, yeah. I think Bao is honestly one of the best animated short films ever, and people sleep on it. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's so good, and Incredibles 2 was bad, and it was just like, yes. <laughs> Remember that one time Sanjay Super Club got nominated, but the lava 
one didn't. Yeah, that's no. crazy. That was so upsetting. Lava's not great though. It's so cute. Yeah. It's cute, but like it's just like a lesser one. But also Sanjay Super Team is not a great one either. No, no, no. All right. I let's... forgot even what that movie was. All right. How about we move on to a bit of a trickier category here? Okay. Um, actually, wait, no, I'm out of order. International film? Yeah, I was about to say I'm out of order. <laughs> yeah, that's not um, best international feature film. Another round, Better Days, Collective, The Man Who Sold His Skin, and Kovata Saida. If it doesn't go to another round, I'll catch myself on fire, Oscar, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. You're going to become Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. The minute Priyanka Chopra announced Thomas Vinterberg as a Best Director nominee, another round won the Oscar. Yeah. I think the, it is. Well, okay, here's, here's an interesting thing. I know it doesn't happen often, but in 2006, uh, Pan's Labyrinth was nominated for like six, maybe even more awards. It almost got Best Picture. It was huge. It was the one everyone was talking about. And then the lives of others beat it, even though Pan's Labyrinth won in other categories. So it's possible that that could happen with uh, Kuvitis Ida. Here's what I'll but, say to um, that. While I do agree that Kovada Saida is the runner-up, that was in a time where only the international branch voted on that category. Oh, true. So you would get upsets like that. Same with Amelie. This is the entire Academy voting, so they're going to go with the populist pick, which is another round. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with another round then. Yeah. Are and, we uh, all going yeah. another round? Yeah, I'm going another round too. I'll have another round tonight. Dang, second well. category yeah. in a row where we all pick the same one. Well, probably about to be a third. Best documentary feature. Collective, Crip Camp, The Mole Agent, My Octopus Teacher, and Time. My Octopus Teacher, um, that means Tristan's going to make it in the ABSA. Yeah. Shouldn't have made that bet, buddy. It's not that good. I, don't, I, I really it. don't think it's I, very good. I like so, it. I wait, watched, wait, wait. I watched about 10 minutes of this movie, and I can just feel the tension between this man and this octopus. It's very uncomfortable. There's <laughs> a lot of sexual <laughs> It's attention. really weird. There's I, a lot. <laughs> but it also looks beautiful. I need to watch the yeah. sometimes. Yeah, it's well shot. It's got, a great, it's got a really good score. I have actually seen all five of the nominees. I would personally vote for Time because I think that's just a better film. But like, you know, I'd be fine with all of these except Crip Camp. I'm not really bit that big on Crip Camp. Crip Camp's my favorite, but I, I haven't seen Time or um, The Mole Agent yet. Um, um, oh, sorry, you can go, Jared. No, I was saying my pick is probably I'm going to go with Time because of the timeliness. And, but... <laughs> um, well, but yeah, it's just the subject matter, and I think it has the most buzz of all of them. But I guess my octopus teachers won some awards. I don't know. My gut feeling's time. Fair warning. Fair warning that um, they did pick Free Solo over RBG, and RBG was the more politically relevant one, considering it's about Ruth Bader Ginsburg and what was happening at the time. Yeah, and but yet they still went with they still went with Free yeah. Solo. RBG's yeah, bad for- though. Free okay, Solo they don't is care. like this magnificent like thing 
compared to RBG. Yeah. Anyway. RBG, great person. That documentary is literally a TV movie. Yeah. Like I mean, I agree. Middle school. Um, here's the thing about. Crystal was amazing. Here's the thing about um, Time, though. As much as I really love the film, that's one that I could definitely see Academy voters being bored by. Like, you know, just regular ass, normie uh, Academy voter, voters who probably voted for Green Book. Um, they watch that movie and they just get really bored by it. They check their watch. They, they're like, what's the, what's the point of the black and white, blah, blah, blah. And they, and they shut it off. With my octopus teacher, you can at least feel like there is a connection, like it's some endearing connection with the man and the octopus, even if it is very uncomfortable. So, you know, if there may be, in, it did win PGA, it won BAFTA, it won ACE Eddie for documentary. So I feel like you just have to go with it. Yeah. Time I, doesn't really have support from the industry. Which is upsetting. I wish time would be octopus. I don't want to make a boss baby <laughs> essay. So what's this bet again? I was so before all of the guilds and the BAFTAs picked my octopus teacher, I said that there's absolutely no way it wins. And that um, if it wins, I will, because I was so certain it wasn't going to win. I said, if it wins, I will uh, make a video essay on the boss baby. If my octopus teacher wins best documentary, I will make a video essay about the boss baby. <laughs> and I guess I'm going to have to do that now. I um, called it winning PGA, by the way. I, I just don't get it. It's like easily not the best out of these nominees. And it's uh, uh, like out of all of these nominees are more timely than my octopus teacher. I don't it's know about literally... Mole Agent. It's not necessarily like politically relevant. Isn't Mole Agent like a detective movie? Kind of. Kind of looks cool. I gotta watch it. Um, so twice. So Best, um... wait, what are we all predicting? I gotta write it down. I'm going octopus. my octopus, I guess. I my have time. I'm keeping up with. I hope you're right. I hope... I hope you're right, Jared. All right. <laughs> well, best animated feature. Um, Onward, Over the Moon, a Shaun the Sheep movie, Farmageddon, and Wolf Walkers are all going to lose to Soul. I've seen all of these, actually. I'm going with Shaun the Sheep. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, is it bad that I really want Wolf Walkers? No, I like Soul. I haven't even seen Wolf Walkers. This is late night me talking. Say, look, <laughs> look here's, here's the thing. Here's the deal. All right. Wolf Walkers is great. It looks beautiful. Souls yeah. is a better movie. I'm sorry. Yeah, I have to agree. Even yeah. though I was one of the people who thought Anomalisa was better than Inside Out. Yeah, so, I, I usually go for like the the like offbeat anime one or whatever. And I know Wolf Walkers is an anime, but like I uh yeah, in this case, Soul is a hundred percent better than Wolf Walkers. It's not even a competition, yeah. I think. Like, Wolf Walkers doesn't have as much to say, and Soul just, it, it's just got a lot more depth. Well, let's move on to uh, a trickier category with Best Original Song. Uh, nominees are Fight for You from Judas and the Black Messiah, uh, Hear My Voice from The Trial of Chicago 7. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Let's go. 
Kusevic from Eurovision Song Contest, EOC from The Life Ahead, and Speak Now from One Night in Miami. This is tricky. And the reason I say this is because we have EOC that won the Golden Globe. Speak Now won the Critics' Choice. BAFTA does not have a song precursor. And there's apparently this huge, huge, huge campaign going on for Husevic. And it is, from what I understand, I haven't seen the film, the only one that is not a credit song. Um, Speak Now is not really, because it they end with him singing. Yeah, but, you know, it is like a credit song. The others are credit songs. It just makes me wonder... Um, I don't know how Academy veteran members are thinking, but hmm, uh, it's pretty uh, shitty um, here. Uh, I, I, I think I'm going to stick with Speak Now, but man, One Night in Miami getting the best picture snub definitely you know is a blow to it i think yeah i'm going with the life ahead actually diane warren is very very overdue and she's she's really starting to work that circuit i guess kind of like in the same way that roger deakins did for blade runner 2049 when he was overdue because their names aren't on the ballot um in in the craft categories like no one's name is on the ballot so they don't really know outside of the music branch of the Academy. But at the same time, I feel like life ahead not being submitted by Italy for best international film also puts a massive, massive dent in its chances. So I will say this about the best eventual song. A lot of people are like, oh, these all suck. I don't think they all suck. Fusevic like, is the best song. Fight for you and speak now are right there. Okay, George. Like we're we're totally well, discrediting fight for you and her is just like right like I, her. That's yeah. the music. I like I, I like fight for you. I like fight for you. Yeah, fight for you is great. I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think for my prediction, I'll put speak now. But I think my personal favorite, just for the record, might be Fight For You. Her is a Grammy winner. Yeah. The oh. Grammys love her. They nominate her every year. It's crazy. It, by the way, for our listeners, um, do not expect Best Original Songs to be performed during the ceremony. They're going to yeah. be in the pre-show. So if you're a fan of all these performances, make sure you check the pre-show on your local listing and see oh. those performances there. Really? There's going to be like a like a pre-show and stuff? Yeah, yeah. there's going to be a pre-show and that's where all the original song performances are going to be. Oh, wow. Okay, that's exciting. I can't wait. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I, I kind of like the, the songs being in between the ceremony, but I guess we'll just deal with this. <laughs> yeah, but at least it makes the pre-show more exciting. Yeah. Because usually I don't care about the pre-show. It's just fashion and stuff. Exactly. Hmm. Um. Wait. So, Jared, you're going to speak now. Yeah. Speak now. And George, what did you go with? I'm saying speak now tentatively, 
I could see it being IOC or Husevic. Tentatively, like Tenet, like the plan. Oh, Jesus Christ. We could have had Oscar winner Travis Scott, and he would just go up to, to the mic um, and give his Oscar speech as he's eating fries whilst uh, dipping them in barbecue sauce. He'd say burr, burr, puffin' bottles in an auto-tuned voice and then <laughs> run away with his Oscar. <laughs> oh, George, you want to hear You want to hear actually my choice for song? Are you ready? What? Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a meme. How could they listen to that and say, this is Oscar-worthy? It's probably because Daniel Pemberton was overdue for a nomination uh, by that point. What's well, so bad though? <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, stop it. Sounds like a Christmas song. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to speak now uh, just because, like, Kusevic's kind of a meme. That movie, I've seen it. It's a, what is it called? Eurovision Song Contest. Yeah, it's a meme. Yeah. And, uh, IOC, like, I know they want to give it to Diane Warren, but, like, those lyrics are really not great, and that's been a big talking conversation. Like, a lot of people are not a fan of that song or the lyrics. Um, and uh, Speak Now, it's just, like, it, it is a good song. Like, people agree on it that it's, it's pretty solid. And Leslie Odom Jr. co-wrote it, and that's a good way to award him. So I'm going to go they call speak you now. the Lyric Boy. Huh? They call you the Lyric Boy? The Lyric Boy? Yeah, why? What deems you to say the lyrics aren't good? They call you the Lyric Boy? <laughs> what? Uh, what? What? <laughs> Brett, are you okay? <laughs> Brett. I was so confused. question. Do they call you the Lyric Boy? <laughs> Brett, did you make did you make crack from soap? <laughs> yeah. Wait, did they call me the lyric boy? Because <laughs> so you mentioned cute. Leslie Odom Jr. co-wrote the lyrics for Speak Now, so maybe he. No, I think he's talking about how. No, I think he's talking about how the lyrics to EOC are bad, and <laughs> they're pretty bad. Oh, okay. Uh, I haven't listened to the song. I have no idea. I was just making a bit. <laughs> the fact that here my voice got nominated over Green from Sound of Metal yeah. and Wuhan Flu. And rain song. Oh wait, That's my was, villain origin story. Was the sound of metal song eligible? It was shortlisted. Oh, it's so good. What the heck? Yeah, yeah. It's called that. It's actually like instrumentally interesting and lyrically interesting. And the Academy Awards just want to be bombarded in the face by man. We're empowered. Whoa, look <laughs> at us, man. Hear my voice. Wow, <laughs> look at me. Whoa, this is Jesus a Christ. Wow, I'm a good person. Wow, let's put the pack on the back. Woo, this is chicken noodle soup for my liberal heart. <laughs> Those are the songs that win every single year. I know it's so annoying. Either that <laughs> or like the the big Disney ballad. It's they never go for like like really good song yeah they're never going to go for a radio head at the oscars <laughs> at least <No>. last year <laughs> they went with a more interesting pick with i'm gonna love me again well they nominated yes. elliot smith one year which is so weird yeah but i'm gonna love me again it's not a good song 
They nominated. No. They nominate, yeah. Yeah. Wait, I'm, I'm gonna sorry. love me again from Rocket Man. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love Elton John, but that song. Yeah, that, that song's low-key <laughs> kind of bad. Yeah. I remember the performance of the Oscars being like, oh no, Elton, I love you. This is not great in anyone. And I was like, are you kidding? <laughs> well, I would have went with Into the Unknown. <laughs> if that it weren't for that narrative that Elton John and Bernie Taupin would be winning an award together, then Cynthia Riva would probably have an ego by now. I, I think they would have gone Into the Unknown if it wasn't for that, to be completely honest. No. They snub Frozen 2 for animated. Yeah, when the entire Academy crazy. votes. But it's it a Dude, Into the Unknown's a banger. I love that. It song. is a banger. It I is mean, a good pretty one. Pretty much just let it go, but I don't care. I love it. <laughs> All right. Best original score The Five Bloods, Mank, Minari, News of the World, and Soul. It's going to be oh, Soul. I want to give Sorry. it to Christopher Robin because it deserved it a few years ago. It's going to be Soul. What? <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's going to be Soul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, going to be Soul. I, I had a big bunch of homework and I listened to all the original scores and personally Soul is still the best. Yeah, Minari should be winning this. I will I have said it a million times before. I'm gonna say it a million times again. Minari should win. Okay, wanna hear a really bad take that might get me kicked off this podcast? Is it better is it worse you, than my like uh, it's okay. Is it worse <laughs> than my um make score is better than soul score take from the last episode? That's pretty bad. No, actually, maybe. I don't know. Um, Okay, so the guy, Emil Morsari, who who did the uh, Minari score, right? He also did Last Black Man in San Francisco, and I think that movie has a better score than Minari. Huh. Nah. Dude, that score is, like, insane. It's it's a great score, but Oh, Brett left. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, leave. Dude, uh, like Brett and I did a uh, like a Oscar ballot thing last year, like a podcast with Robert, and um, I said that I didn't like. Oh, Brett, I'm telling. Kristen, that take made me so upset. I actually left the Zoom meeting. <laughs> Brett, remember that time we did the Oscar ballot podcast, and I nominated Last Black Man in San Francisco for like every category, even though I gave it like a three out of five. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like that movie. I have a log on in a letterbox if you guys want to read it. I have a really interesting take on it, but I don't think it's very good. I didn't but, like it until that podcast, and then I realized I loved it. Well, like what's interesting about it is like it is like visually stunning and the music's beautiful and the performances are great. But there's something about it, man, that just bothers me. I don't like <laughs> I think it's the plot. It's just like about a house. Yeah, it's just about like some guys are like, this house is ours. <laughs> We're taking it. <laughs> so best visual effects. <laughs> Nominees are Love and Monsters, The Midnight Sky, Mulan, bleh, The One and Only Ivan, and Tenet. Um, listen, I know that The Midnight Sky won VFX Society. Tenant won BAFTA in those split races. Stats favor the BAFTA winner, which was Tenant. Tenant also won Critics' Choice. I'm going Tenant. Loki tempted to go Love and Monsters just because something weird like that might happen since he got nominated in the first place. But like being safe because I want to make money, um, I'll probably go Tenant. Uh, yeah, I'll go Tenant. Although uh, uh, maybe Midnight Sky could pull an upset. 
Stats favor Tenet because it won BAFTA. Yeah, I'll go Tenet then. Um, Tenet also has nominations elsewhere, which is not true of Love and Monsters, Midnight Sky, and The One and Only Ivan. Surprised Midnight ah. Sky didn't get more love for score. Well, it is the splot, so yeah, it is pretty surprising. Nominate the man three years in a row. <sighs> yeah, Can't nominate him there. All right. Wait, what are you going with, Jared? I don't know. Because I thought Jared said hell no, and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Screw all your predictions. Oh no, I'm going to... the one and only Ivan. <laughs> Honestly, I was just about to say that. Because the, the whole reason why it's in visual effects is because the people loved it so much. I don't know. I'm well, debating. But that's also, the case like, with all of these. Can we be real here? The one on Oli Ivan is like a surprisingly cute movie. Like, it has yeah. to actually work well. well here's what I'll say there is every year there is a tendency amongst Academy members that they they don't um, go with, like, they don't watch all the movies and only have one nomination. So, you know, and we're, we're going to talk about this later in a certain other category. I think you know which one I'm talking about. Yeah. Um they just have visibility issues. And you know, unless like you give that movie no reason but to vote for it, that's what you do. That's why I'm bet that's another reason why I'm betting against EOC and uh Husevic and uh Song. Because you know they're, they're the only nominations for their movies. So you know like Academy members, they don't always watch movies, they only have one nomination, so it's I, I don't think uh, one and only Ivan's been seen by most people outside the visual effects branch where Tenet has, especially since they reversed the screener issue that happened with nominations, which is why you saw it get snubbed in score, most likely. Uh, I'll go Tenet then. All right. Well, <laughs> sorry, Jared, that we had to bully you into a prediction. But... Uh, there are worse ways you could have done it, so I appreciate it. <laughs> Well, let's move on to one of the top five locks of the night with best sound. We have Greyhound, Mank, News of the World, Soul, and Sound of Metal. Yeah, this is totally going to Greyhound. It, Greyhound, no, baby! No, 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 no. That's not even funny. Greyhound isn't even a movie. It's a theme park ride, and I hate it so much because of it. It's... Is, isn't it just like uh, that Ralph the Movie Maker video where he's like, boom, 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 boom. On the exactly. It, it feels like Brad would probably only know that, I don't know, but it's like when you're in a theme park and you're like waiting in line, there's a video playing telling you the story of the ride. That is Greyhound. Yeah, the pre-show. Zero. Yeah, yeah, the pre-show. No character development whatsoever. It's boom, boom, boom. Oh, look at all this fighting. Tom Hanks can yell. I I hate it so much. I don't even want it to. But it's got <laughs> our boy it set in it. Oh is no, Chet no. Hanks. Yeah, he's in Greyhound. Oh no, Chet oh, no. Hanks. Oh, come on. <laughs> you did one scene with Tom Hanks. Guys, it's White Ship Summer. A white boy summer. Uh, white Ship Summer. White Hound Summer. White Hound Summer. No, Jesus. Greyhound Summer. Greyhound Jesus. Summer. Greyhound we gotta summer. make it. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> I'm making it right now. <laughs> we are... I'm drinking sweet tea, but I wish I was drinking beer. <laughs> if Greyhound wins best sound, I will like 
I don't know, eat mayonnaise, eat like two spoonfuls of mayonnaise. Nice. It's going to be Sound of Metal, though. Yeah. Especially since it has the Best Picture nomination to support it. it and there's just no way anyone else, Sound of Metal does things with its sound that like none of the other categories. Like, I guess you can make a case for Soul, but other than that, it's still compared to Sound of Metal, which is like tiers above yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, gotta shout out Mank. Soul is second place, but there's no way that it'll... I'm inclined to say Mank is second place just yeah. because of the Best Picture nomination. Also, Mank's, uh, Mank, they, they did, like, cool things with the sound to make it sound like, uh, like an old movie. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that was pretty innovative. I, I like the sound in Mank a lot. Yeah, I am inclined... They put it in mono, right? Yeah. It sounds like it. That's yeah. why I am inclined to say Mank is number two, because and also the Best Picture nomination, which News of the World and Soul do not have. All right, well, let's move on to another uh, incredibly easy category, Best Production Design. The Father, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, News of the World, and Tenet. Gonna be Mank. It's really? Mank. Uh, yeah, I'm going Mank. And, and we're all agreeing on this? I, what, what, what else? Mank has literally fa- not okay, Mank has okay. literally not lost a single production design award. Literally not one. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I get annoyed with this like other other award season. The Academy is their own thing. They could out of the blue do the father. I'm just I've heard a lot about the father production design. I need to see it. I swear, guys. Yeah, but for this Sunday, but. Uh, yeah, I th- I think the father actually has better production design than Mank. Um, That's um hmm. interesting take. Because <laughs> uh, like watching it the second time and noticing how like they change the color pal- palette ever so slightly to like disorient you, and they change like where certain um like like certain de- decorations and stuff are located, and I don't know the way they change up the room. Oh. That's sure. cool, but it's more script supervision stuff. It's not. It's yeah, also it's also like editing. Yeah, like like the actual design of the production, I think, in Mank is just like superior. But also, there's more they have to make and more they have to actually construct from nothing from Mank because they're recreating old Hollywood. You know, I guess. Let's also, yeah. let's also look at the fact that, um, yeah, Mank is recreating old Hollywood when Hollywood movies. Or in production design, they win. What's upon a time in Hollywood? La La Land. Hugo, I'm pretty sure, won this yeah. category. Well, if Hugo didn't win that category, that's a war crime. Yeah, Hugo has some of the best production design I've ever seen with the clock. Ah, uh, so yeah. cool. We yeah. see punk aesthetics. Mm-hmm. And like you know what they did with recreating like San Simeon and all these other old Hollywood things, like of course it's going to win. And again, it has won literally every single award. It, it's done an even bigger sweep than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood did. Yeah, and, and I mean, and that, the thing is, it's like, I get what Jared's saying, because there will be an occasional, like, they'll go off. But when it wins everything, there's enough members yeah, that are between the Academy and other awards. Clean ass sweep for Mank. Yeah. And also, they're going to want to give Mank something, and this is a, a good way to reward it. Well, unless they Irishman it, which... 
let's be Possible. honest, production design is the only thing that's keeping it from being Irish. I'm really glad that the Irishman got nothing. It didn't deserve anything, and it got editing. Oh, I'm with you, dude. Ah, oh, that hurts. Editing. I think it's better you know than what? Parasite. I'm saying it now. No, okay, okay, no. okay. That's that. All right, Tristan, Tristan, Tristan. That's where I have to stop right now. You're at, you're at your bad takes limit, Tristan. You gotta stop. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> the Irishman is just like not that good. Best makeup okay. and hairstyling. It's six out of ten at best. Best makeup Tristan, and hairstyling. For, Tristan, for projection design, put me down for. For tenant, I'm gonna be weird. Really? Oh, yeah. you are betting. Know. You are you, getting your ass handed to I, I think Karen, you have a, I guarantee you. You have a better chance with uh, the father than you would tenant, but it's up to you. It's gonna be Mank, though. You're gonna get your ass handed to you. No, I feel like I feel like Jared's doing this on principle, and I'm digging it. <clears throat> Stick to your guns, Jared. Change to the father, then change to the father for production design. The father, I think you've got a chance with that. I yeah. think. M- Mank it got lucky to even get in there. How? Sorry, not Mank Tenet. Tenet. Oh my god. Tenet had planes crashing into hangars and explosions. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like those were visual effects, but yeah, Tenet had great yeah. visual effects, but it was literally just like skyscrapers that were already built. Uh, remember the time when everyone thought that Tenet was going to say movie theaters, and then that just didn't remember happen. when Tristan was predicting it to win Best Picture. No, it wasn't. I was predicting Dune. I'm pretty oh, sure at one point you were predicting Tenet. I'm pretty sure you were predicting Tenet to win this picture. Oh, I was. Yeah, you're right. Because after Dune got moved, I changed Tenet to number one. Oh my god! Right. Because I thought it was gonna be like this big event, and it then it sucked. Mm-hmm. Well, it does suck. It's like a six out of ten. Five out of four. Goodness gracious. <laughs> A big Shane just cried somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, our boy Ben. All right. Best makeup and hairstyling. Emma, Hillbilly Elegy, Marini's Black Bottom, Mank, and Pinocchio. My uh, official prediction is Marini, but to throw some fire into the mix, Pinocchio did win a category at Makeup and Hairstylist Guild. So I think that is definitely the number two in this category. And if there is to be an upset, I think that would be it. However, I cannot bet against Critics' Choice, BAFTA, and Makeup and Hairstyle with Skilled winner, Ma Rainey. I'm also wondering how many they'll actually give the Ma Rainey since they snubbed it for picture. That's an, yeah, that's something we'll talk about more later. Um, yeah. Because uh, there's there's gonna be people potentially predicting it to win four of its five categories, and I'm I'm not so sure that's gonna happen. But we'll talk about that later. That's crazy. There's no way. Maybe three, but definitely not four or five. Yeah. Um. What are you guys gonna go with, Ma Rainey? I'll go Ma Rainey. Ma Rainey. Yeah, Ma Rainey's black bootum. Um. Bootum. Boodum, boodum, boodum. Sorry. <laughs> oh, Tristan, are you gonna gonna add some fuel to the fire? I think I'm gonna go Pinocchio. Heck yeah. Uh, because they I heard I, I was reading like Gold Derby forums and I heard they sent out a making of video to all the Academy members of, of how they 
did the makeup uh, for Pinocchio. And it's a lot more complex than any of the other um, nominees in this category that like, you can tell, like, just, I haven't seen the movie, but just like looking at still images, the makeup on that thing is insane and it looks terrifying, but it's- well, I have seen the movie and I have to agree. It's pretty fucking scary, but it's really <laughs> impressive work. And honestly, it probably should win. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I, yeah. I, and it's just hard to imagine Ma Rainey's winning like three or four of its um, like nominations because it, it didn't get a best picture nomination and it got it didn't get a screenplay so it kind of shows that they're they're not huge on it. Well, that's definitely something we're going to talk about when we get to another category. So yeah, I am. Uh, my heart is racing. <laughs> yeah, so I'll go Pinocchio. All right. Okay. Let's tear our hair out. Best film editing. The Father, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Chicago 7 is Sound of Metal tie Critics' Choice. Sound of Metal wins BAFTA. Chicago 7 wins Ace. Chicago 7 has the most editing, which is what they tend to go for. Sound of Metal has the sound nomination, which is tied in this category is very much tied to that. Yeah, I think it's Sound of Metal. <laughs> Brett, the gray has so many sounds. It's so funny. <laughs> Did you see it? <laughs> Jared and George, look at the chat quickly. I, I really liked it. It's <laughs> insane. <laughs> Sorry, George. Jesus Christ. <laughs> 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 Anyways, um Oh fuck. Fuck. This is tough, dude. I think it's pretty solely between these two movies, Sound of Metal and Chicago 7. Should be the father. That's yeah, I agree. The father should win. Okay. BAFTA giving it to Sound of Metal is pretty significant because that is a more general voting academy than um, ACE, which is just the editors. And BAFTA is also very likely to go with the most editing and they go with Sound of Metal. ACE, I mean, there is a case to be made that, you know, Charles Chicago 7's editor is an ACE member and Sound of Metal's editor isn't. Oh, ACE went with uh, Trial? Yeah, they did. Okay, I, I got my prediction then. If they do want to give every Best Picture nominee one award, at least, this would probably be the place to reward Trial. Mm-hmm. I... Hmm. This is tough. It doesn't help that there's only one sound category. And considering Chicago 7 did win a category at the Motion Picture Sound Editors Guild, it could have gotten into either sound mixing or sound editing in a split year. I would be more inclined to say mixing, but this year's sound nominees do sound like a 
sound mixing lineup to me. I think it's kind of like sound design. Hmm. Yeah. You know, when in doubt, you probably should just go with the movie that has the most editing. In these split races, they did this with Ford v. Ferrari. They did this with Bohemian Rhapsody. I don't want it because I think it, I think, well, Chicago 7 is a well-edited film. There's some issues with its editing. It's a decently edited film. Yeah. There's, yeah, there, I, I think it goes a little too fast. I think these other nominees are more skillfully edited. Um, specifically the father. The father but, deserves to win. Yeah. yeah. He should be winning, no question. But it's since kind of very weird it's not. But since they, you know, most editing is favored in these split races, I think I'm gonna go a trial, but I could definitely see it being sentimental. I think I'm gonna go sentimental. I the love for that movie is just continues to rise and i think with the sound and the chima sound they'll also tie that in the editor it is definitely not the most edited film i i still think the father would deserve it above sound of metal but like i think it'll go to sound of metal i'll be happy if it does too because i love that movie now i think in, in the in podcast past i have talked some trash on sound of metal and i i i apologize um i i send and this is my this is me apologizing for what I have said. <laughs> I mean, I could easily see it being sound of metal. BAFTA did go for it, which says something. But they do. I don't know. I don't know. Are, are, is your average actor or production designer or publicist gonna notice skill more skillful editing in sound of metal? I mean, they did it with BAFTA, so I guess they could. But. Then again, Trial is is a very not British movie. It's not, no. It's like a very American movie, so. But it did get Best Film. Uh, It got Best Film at BAFTA? Like a nomination or a... Yeah, it did. It got nominated for Best Film at BAFTA. And Sound of Metal didn't. hmm, That's crazy. I'm going to go with Trial. uh, Just because I think the fact that AC... Uh, gave it the win gives it a, a bit of a boost and like last year it was it was between what was it Ford v Ferrari and the uh, the Irishman I think. Parasite oh Parasite yeah and and they they went for the one that was like you know the most editing uh, Bohemian Rhapsody I mean they always go for the one that with the most cuts, the most rapid fire editing, the one that like, as soon as you watch it, you notice the editing um, more so than the, the more like subtle, skillfully edited films, which is why the father is not going to win, unfortunately. But um, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it to trial. Yep. And that's not to say like, I don't like trial, but it's, it's a pretty well edited movie. Yeah. Like, I'm not mad that it's going to win. This. I just think it doesn't give you enough time to breathe sometimes. And I think like it could have used kinda, that. That's like Sorkin's writing style. And they were like editing it to 
match the pace of his writing, I think. Yeah, but at least Social Network and Steve Jobs um, give you, like, breathing room. Yeah, but I think a lot of that has to do with the directing, too. I don't think Sorkin's the best director. Maybe he really isn't. He can't. He I mean, the director's bunch doesn't think he's a very good director, so, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say trial for now. I could switch back to sentimental before the ceremony, though. I could definitely say that. Uh, what about you, uh, Jared? Um, I'll go. I'll go trial the Chicago Seven. All right, three of us are going yeah. trial. Brett's going sound. Yep. Y'all are gonna owe me twenty bucks. <laughs> well, best costume design. We have Emma, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, Mulan, and Pinocchio. Um, when the nominations came out, I was like, oh, they could go for Emma because they stunned Ma Rainey in picture. Ma Rainey won Critics' Choice Costume Designers Guild and BAFTA. It's, this is probably, honestly, it's the most locked category of the, of, of, of the evening. It's most locked category of its nominees. What, what is Ma it? Rainey's? Yeah, Ma Rainey's. Oh, yeah, I'm going with that. For costumes? Emma should win. No. I don't no, 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 Ma Rainey. It's a pretty good movie. Yeah, it's good. I like I, I like the movie. I do like the film. And it has some really great costume work. But like Emma's got like super cool costumes. Well, yeah. Emma's not good. Oh, that that's yeah, I, I, I love agree. Emma. I would I do not know why Mulan is here. Drop that and replace it with promising young woman, please. Yeah, the costumes of promising young woman are really cool. Yeah. I don't care how contemporary they are. I mean, just like like the nurse scene in the third act was just that costume chef's kiss. <laughs> and anything you can do to make Carrie Mulligan look prettier than she already is <laughs> deserves yeah. some deserves some recognition. Um, I will stop simping now. <laughs> Wait, you thought she looked prettier in the clown costume? Like the nurse costume? <laughs> well, Carrie Mulligan's always pretty. But but like in that scene, I don't think she was supposed to look pretty. She was like they were trying to make her look look kind of scary. Yeah, and my comment earlier wasn't like she looked like hotter or anything. It was just like well, it was a cool costume. Well, well, I'm not specifically talking about the nurse outfit. Like I don't know some of her other outfits in the film. You know. Yeah. Her yeah. unicorn shirt. <laughs> All right. Um, Wait, are, are we all going Ma Rainey's for costume? Yeah, I'll go Ma Rainey's too. We're going Promising Woman now. It's going to do an upset somehow. No, I'm just kidding. It did right. win the Costume Designers Guild for Contemporary, so... I'm going but Tenet. Ben Shane be like... Wait, uh, does uh, Pinocchio have good costumes? Why is it even here? Randomness. <laughs> that was really weird. Best Cinematography. <laughs> Wait, we Pinocchio have... has more uh, nominations than The Five Bloods. Goodness, why do we live here anymore? That <laughs> is like... something I would never have expected back in June. All right, best cinematography. We have Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, News of the World, Nomadland, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Anyone going to bet against Nomadland? No. Sadly, no. But I think people should stop sleeping on the Judas cinematography. Yeah, Sean Bobbitt 
Yeah. I'm so glad he got his first nomination after being snubbed for 12 Years a Slave. Why do they? Why? Why? Just, just, just why? Just why? That's nuts. The cinematography in 12 Years is so good. Yeah. Um, I think Nomadland would win like any year, though. Like, I think it's a pretty strong cinematography contender. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like Aroma. It looks freaking undeniable. Looks freaking so, amazing. If I had like a like a huge house, I'd probably put every frame like all over the house. <laughs> yeah. So just for everyone who's looking at the ASC and be like, oh, make one ASC. Oh my God. ASC is pretty spotty. They only have a 50% track record of lining up with the Oscars. Um, they're pretty snobby and they like to vote for their buddies. Joshua James Richards is not a member, while Eric Messerschmitt is. And it's, you know, like, I don't know. I guess, like, the like to them, it's more impressive to do that kind of studio cinematography, like this old, that old movie cinematography than, like, the Magic Hour cinematography to them. So that's probably why they went for, for it. I mean, here's some other things that they did. They went with Cold War over Roma, Lion over La La Land, Skyfall over Life of Pi, Tree of Life over Hugo, like White Ribbon over Avatar. Like these things just happen with the ASC sometimes. They, it, it doesn't really mean anything. The only time the front runner wins is when it's Lubezki or Deacons. As much as I love Hugo, the fact that it beat Tree of Life in cinematography is, is a sin. It's an absolute sin. Uh, There's like no excuse for that. Dude, but Hugo has some incredible cinematography. It does, but Tree of Life looks like it was filmed by God. <laughs> <laughs> That's our quote of the day. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'd give you that. I'd give you that. Hugo deserved a, a lot of the other crafts and technical awards, but yeah, Tree of Life deserves cinematography. Um, Replace Trial of Chicago 7 with literally anything else. Yeah, yeah. why is that here? Literally, my home, replace Trial of Chicago 7 with my home videos from 2005. Dude, Minari is actually like so well shot. How did that not get nominated? I don't know. And that's Trial of Chicago 7 is so ugly. Yeah, Minari's like natural light cinematography. They usually go for that. So it's weird that it's not nominated. Makes no sense. All right, everybody. We are out of the crafts. Above the line time. Best original screenplay. Judas and the Black Messiah. Minari. Promising Young Woman. Sound of Metal. And The Trial of the Chicago 7. Uh, what a category. Hands clapping for all these screenplays. I don't know. <laughs> so this is the original, right? Yeah, yeah, this is original. Promising young woman, baby. Yeah. I it won, the minute it won WGA, I'm like, yeah, it's winning the Oscar. I mean, it's it's like I don't know. Someone tried to like someone's been trying to make like some people have been ma- making arguments like, oh, Chicago Seven could win here, and like it could be signing up said best picture. Like, yeah, if Chicago Seven wins here, it probably is winning best picture at that point, but there has literally never been a movie that won three of the four major precursors and lost the Oscar for screenplay in either category. It's literally never happened. 
and Promising a Woman has Critics' Choice, BAFTA, WGA. That's a very lethal combo. And honestly, it's in a better position than Parasite was in last year in this category. Except it's not going to win Best Picture, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard to, like, imagine anything else other than Promising Young Woman taking this. Because it's easily, like, the most um, innovative of all of them. And, like, the way that it like the plot unfolds and there's like a ton of plot twists and that sort of thing is like, it all comes down to the writing. And I I think that um, Emerald Fennell knocked it out of the park and this would be a way for them to honor her. She's not going to win director. Yeah. Um, I forgot, George, do you like this movie? I mean, you know, um, uh, okay, we could stop now. Um, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I, I just, I, I don't know. There's no overwhelming sense to give Aaron Sorkin another Oscar. And Emerald Fennell is the talk of the town right now. And, I mean, talk about campaigning. She is campaigning her ass off. It's like, it's almost as if Focus's campaign for this movie is uh, about her now. It's so weird. Well, uh, let's move on to Best Adapted Screenplay. A bit of a trickier one. We have Borat's subsequent movie film, The Father. Yeah, I called it. I'm, called I'm still... I, I, why? Why is it here? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of ridiculous. I'm, I'm confused because I haven't seen the Borat film, so I thought it was like improv, like as Sasha Baron kind of goes, and he's like, hey, I'm Borat. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. have to write out the sketch. I guess it is pretty much improvised, but yeah, yeah, they do have to structure it. Anyway, um, the father, Nomadland, one night in Miami, and the White Tiger. Please tell me it's the father, like that's gonna win. I have the father. I have the father as well, and Nomadland is far and away my favorite of the year. But that script is like half improvised, so it'd be pretty ridiculous if that won. I don't know. I mean, yes, The Father is a more traditional screenplay winner than Nomadland. But I look at this race and it gives me serious vibe. Remind, it reminds me a lot of um, the um, 12 Years a Slave versus Philomena year where both were nominated for the Golden Globe and lost. Um, I'm pretty sure Philomena was nominated at WGA and just lost. Um, 12 Years a Slave was not eligible. And Philomena won the BAFTA. But 12 Years a Slave, which was the Best Picture winner, won Critics' Choice, won USC Scripter, won the Oscar. <sighs> And I don't know, as weird as this year is, I don't know if Nomadland's going to win Best Picture with three Oscars. I guess if you wanted to vote for McDormand in Actress, you could do that. 
if you wanted to give the father all these nominees, um, if you want to give her best picture nominee at least one award. But I, another thing that's interesting to me though is we have Emerald Fennell going to win in the original screenplay category. She's the only writer for that film. Chloe Zhao is the only writer for Nomadland. And assuming Nomadland wins, we're going to have two women winning the screenplay award by themselves for the first um, time in history. Because while it's not the first time that two women won both screenplay categories in the same year, it would be the first time that the screenplay winners were both written by women and only women. Because the first time it happened, Sofia Coppola won for Lost in Translation. And then, you know, you had Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, which had uh, Fran Walsh and someone else. But they shared the award with Peter Jackson. So I don't know if the Academy is going to want to pass up the opportunity to have both of the screenplay winners be women. I guess, and this completely contradicts the point I'll make later, I already know. But I wonder how much they think about that, like the voters themselves when they vote. Yeah, yeah. and they're, all, they're also already giving uh, Chloe Jai an um, award for director, which we'll talk about in a bit. But Well, I, did that really matter with Parasite last year? It didn't, but the, the difference is that, like, a lot of the reason why Parasite was such a phenomenal film was the fact that was the screenplay and how well he took that screenplay and then put it on screen. So it was like it, they, they needed to reward him in both director and screenplay because it was like a combined duel kind of thing. Um, but with Nomadland, as good as like some of the monologues are, a lot of it is improvised and it's, it's more the direction and the, the acting and the cinematography that make that movie special than the screenplay. Because it really is a tone poem. It's not a very wordy movie. There's not a whole lot of dialogue. So, like, to me, it would, it, like, if I was voting, while I'd give Nomadland picture easily, I wouldn't think of Nomadland as, like, a movie that should win screenplay. For me, it would be One Night in Miami versus The Father. And One Night in Miami wasn't nominated for picture. So that's, that's my thought process with going for The Father. I mean, trying to get inside the mind of an Academy voter is pretty risky business in and of itself. You do make a compelling case. And assuming that every Best Picture nominee does win at least one award and Hopkins does not upset an actor, then this would be the place to reward it. But then there's the there's the two women thing. There's the two women thing. <sighs> hmm. If the father had won best British film at the Baptist, I would probably be predicting it here, but it lost. Well, it lost to the other screenplay winner. So maybe that doesn't say as much as I think it does. What I'll say about the two women thing is that I kind of got burned with that thought process in uh, when we were predicting nominees and I said, there's no way they're not going to nominate three directors, three women directors. And they didn't. So, um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And I was, uh, oh yeah. I remember I was using the argument that 
if they could pass up the opportunity to nom to nominate Greta Gerwig as the first repeat female nominee, they could pass up the opportunity. That is the director's branch, though. This is the entire Academy who's voting. But while it's such a big body that, like, while some some of the Academy voters think that way, a lot of them don't. So it's kind of hard to. What's cool is that Chloe Zhao will totally be back. Yeah, she makes around more. You know what I mean? She's going to be part of this like new school of directors, kind of like you know how in the seventies there was like Spielberg and Scorsese and De Palma and all of those. Like I feel like there's a new like school of directors directors brewing with like Chloe Zhao and Damien Chazelle and Denny Villeneuve and Barry Jenkins and like you yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like she's part of that. And Brett Scott for Walter's Wonderland. Heck yeah. All right. You know what? You guys have convinced me. I'm going to go with the father. Oh, yeah. So are we all going father? Jared, are you going? Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Cool. All right. Best supporting actress. The nominees are Maria Bakalova for Borat's subsequent movie film, Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy. Olivia Coleman for The Father, Amanda Seyfried for Mank, and Yunya Jung for Minari. I think it would be a fool's errand to bet against Yunya Jung at this point. Yep. Yeah. And she deserves it. I wanted to go to Seyfried so badly. I do too, but you know what? I think Seyfried's going to win an Oscar next time she's nominated. Or maybe maybe not next time, but maybe the time after that. I don't know. It just feels like an Emma Stone, Natalie Portman, Welcome to the Club nomination. We'll get back to you soon. Wait, did Natalie Portman get nominated before Black Swan? Yeah. For Closer, yeah. Oh, really? That's a cool nomination. She's good in that movie. Yeah, I'll go with Yunya Jung. The Superior Grandma. No. Yes. No. Take that back. Yes. What Susan is so good. Okay. Okay. First of all, I wasn't talking about Ja Susan, even though I do think Union Jung is better still. I was referring to Glenn Close. Oh man. Yeah, that's what I was gonna. Kiss my ruby red asshole. Kiss my ruby red asshole. What if what if Glenn Close wins though? It might happen. You never know. If that happens, I'm gonna go on a live stream. I'm going to take off my shirt. I'm going to squirt ketchup all over my chest while rapping Lose Yourself by Eminem in Spanish. Well, buddy boy, if it happens, we have this recorded. So uh, are we all going Yunya Jung? Yeah. Okay, cool. I don't know why we wouldn't. She won SAG and BAFTA. Yeah. But I want to go Cypher. be like, whoop to doop here you go, Glenn Close. Mama. <laughs> She'll be back for Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, I think the Academy are above that. All right, Best Supporting Actor. They weren't above nominating her. True. Best Supporting Actor, Sasha Baron Cohen for The Trials of Chicago 7, Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah, Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami, Paul Racy for Sound of Metal, and Lakeith Stanfield for Judas and the Black Messiah. Stop making arguments that uh, Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield could vote split gold derby. It's not happening. 
Daniel Kaluuya was already the front runner before this random Lakeith Stanfield nomination happened. It's gonna be Daniel Kaluuya. It's just more promotion for Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. It's a. Uh, people try to make the same argument whenever both Woody Harrelson and Sam Rockwell were nominated. No, it's just because they love Sam Rockwell so much. Woody Harrelson got into the mix somehow. I mean, much, yeah. it's it's like. Both of the La La Land songs getting nominated. City of Stars is already the front runner, so the vote splitting just didn't matter. You know, y'all remember, I mean, not to bring up uh, this human being, I apologize, but y'all remember whenever they literally nominated Woody Harrelson instead of uh, instead of Army Hammer? Army Hammer for Call Me By Your Name. That was... That's disgusting. They didn't nominate Michael Stuhlbarg either. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, that's so bad. But at least Timothy Chalamet got a nomination. He was really good at that. Yeah. That was also his one. Bargain that movie is like the best part, though. All three of them should have been. Yeah, that speech. Oh my gosh! Like, oh, and then. (sighs) Well, you know, at least the movie won screenplay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be Daniel Kaluuya, and honestly, this is the most locked acting category tonight. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I would like to meet the human being who looks at that church scene and. Yeah, and just says, I didn't like that. <laughs> All right, let's skip actress for a second. Let's go to actor. Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins for The Father, Gary Oldman for Mank, and Stephen Yeun for Minari. This is tough. Yeah, honestly. Because, like, yeah. here's the thing. Well, yes, yes. Conventional wisdom says go for Chadwick. Baptist to give it to Hopkins. And at first it was like, oh, well, of course the Baptist gave it to Hopkins. He's British. Chadwick Boseman's not a very big star in the UK. So, of course, Hopkins would win the BAFTA. It, you know, like Colin Firth winning for a single man instead of Jeff Bridges for Crazy Heart all over again. But, and this is very flimsy reasoning. You should not, you probably shouldn't be using this as your prediction unless there is an overwhelming amount of indication in these, but these anonymous ballots that we've been hearing about, like I've been looking at them. There are a lot of people who are saying, I know Chadwick Boseman is going to win. But man, I really loved Hopkins' performance and I would love to see him win. And I feel like any other year Hopkins would have this in the bag. Yeah. 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 I feel like if there are enough voters who think that way, you know, it could be like, you know, Bong Joon Ho upsetting Sam Mendes. Like, you know, there's, you know, people like, well, I know Sam Mendes is going to win. But I really love Parasite, and I want Bong Joon Ho to win, and so I'm gonna vote for Bong. Or I know Glenn Close is gonna win, but man, I really love Olivia Coleman, and I want her to win, so I'm gonna vote for Olivia Coleman. Oh, man, man, I love Carrie Mulligan, but I really want Andre Day to win. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm cutting your car brakes. <laughs> They're fine. I always know. It's 
yeah, I, but I mean, even despite this, I do think the smart thing to do is to go with Chadwick because that feels like the story of the season, his awards campaign. I'm not considering the fact that there would be such an outrage if he didn't win because the Academy has proven that they do not care about that. There shouldn't be an outrage, though, because I think Hopkins deserves it, and this could be the very last time he gets nominated. He's up there. Well, this is definitely the last time Chadwick will get nominated, unfortunately. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, but Hopkins is, like, late 80s. Like, this is pretty much the last chance they have. The thing about Chadwick Boseman is that even if he were still alive, he would be nominated here. And this would probably be like a, hey, welcome to the club nomination. We like your performance. Um, you get to come to the ceremony. But we like this performance better. We will come back to you another time. But now that is literally impossible. And the thing is, is, you know, while Chadwick's performance is fantastic and would be a very deserving winner. I personally think Hopkins is better. I even think Riz Ahmed is better. Yeah, I agree. I, it's so weird. And these anonymous bouts we keep hearing about, I mean, I think, okay. The upsets were in the cards. Performance is probably better, but I would be upset if Hopkins won. I'm not going to lie. But I think it's it's not just a little bit better. I think it's in a different league entirely. No, I think it's just a little bit better. I don't know. Like, Hopkins pulled poured his soul into that. And, like, for me, Chadwick's felt more like a Broadway performance. It felt – didn't have as much authenticity. I 100% disagree. Um, I think he's, he's, he's pulling off some really, really electrifying depth of- – to that script i think you could have gotten someone that just read it off and he put everything into it to make that movie actually work and i think that entire movie only works because of that performance it could have been offenses easily and i think the movie is a lot more compelling specifically because of what he did for the film another thing about bozeman that is interesting to point out is bozeman knew that this was going to be his last performance more than likely like that's what we like that's what people have been saying like like his wife and stuff and so because of that it would make sense that since chadwick knew this was going to be his last performance he gave it his all and the academy recognizes that they need to give it give him this for um this monumental performance Hopkins is also an Oscar winner himself. True. So my official prediction is Chadwick Boseman, but I would put it at a 70 to 30% chance, 30% chance that Hopkins wins. And people who play poker will tell you 30% chance is a real ass chance. That's a real chance. So, while I am predicting Chadwick, 
I do think it is possible that Hopkins could pull an upset. Yeah, I'm going to say the same thing. I'm going to go Chadwick, but I think I think it's 40-60. Wow. I would do the exact opposite. I would say it's uh, 80-20. I, don't, I, I really think that people who think it's going to be Hopkins are going to be disappointed. Well, you know, 20% is also a, not a bad chance. No, I mean, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm just saying that I seriously doubt it'll happen. I do too, but I, I don't know, man. I mean, these anonymous ballots did spell out in the cards that Parasite, you know, had just had more support than 1917. I mean, I didn't use them as predict as a reason for predicting them, but man, these these ballots we're hearing about when it comes to Hopkins, they are compelling. I'm I'm, I'm trying to ignore them, but. They are very, very compelling. Yeah, that's how I predicted Parasite last year. Jared, are you going to go with Chadwick? Yeah, I'm going to go with Chadwick. Well, let's get ready to tear our hair out and for me to have a heart attack live on air. Best actress. How about let's not do that? <laughs> this is just kind of like obvious to me. I don't know. Viola He's Davis. Kind of me too. Viola Davis and Maureen's Black Bottom. Andrew Day for the United States versus Billie Holiday. Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman. Frances McDormand for Nomadland. Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. I'm about to be yelled at in this chat. First and foremost, can we all agree that Vanessa Kirby is not winning? Yeah, she's not. Yeah, she's really good though. It's crazy that I thought that she was winning when we did our first acting predictions episode. Yeah, for that movie, there's no way. <sighs> okay. As for these other four contenders, there is a serious path for any of those four to win. I'll, I'll be real here. And hold I don't on. think Viola Davis really has a shot either. I think it's a three. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right. You're wrong, but hold on. They all have passed victory. Davis won the SAG. Day won the Globe. McDormand won the BAFTA. Mulligan won the Critics' Choice. Davis and Day have the narrative of being the second black woman to win Best Actress. McDormand and Mulligan are in Best Picture nominees. But a huge problem with all all of these performances, these contenders, they also have their dings against them. And I am ready to... we, We can dive into them all we want. I have not made up my mind on what I'm going to do yet. Because, listen... I have the most stakes in this race. Everybody who listens to this podcast regularly, all two of you, you guys know. Hey, William. Sorry. You guys know how fucking badly I want Carrie Mulligan to win. I didn't know. I, no. I, I, I think... It's the best performance of the year. 
Uh, even after seeing Hopkins' performance, I still hold that Mulligan gives the best performance of the year. I'm sorry, that's I, a crazy opinion. I know you like Carry, but come on, Hopkins is like incredible. Well, that's a different discussion. But listen, I think what Mulligan does with this role, I don't think these other actresses could do in the same role. Like, I don't get the the takes that like, oh, any actress could have done that role well. What Mulligan does with that role as Cassandra Thomas, she brings a level of vulnerability to that performance that I don't know that these other actresses, with all due respect to them, especially Viola Davis and Frances McDormand, two, two of our best living actresses, I don't know that they could have brought the same vulnerability to that performance as Mulligan did. But I don't think Mulligan and, could have done well as Ma Rainey or in Nomadland. Well... Carrie is white, so that's true. Um, <laughs> and you know, I mean, while I'm not gonna try to push against the people who find this movie to be offensive for whatever reasons, especially if they are survivors of rape or sexual assault. I will push back on the idea that Cassie is a deranged person because I mean, I, like she doesn't even kill people in this movie. Like, you know, with some of some other like male revenge led movies, like, I don't know, John Wick, like he's actually killing people and like, she's nowhere near as sick and demented as like, you know, Patrick Bateman or Travis Bickle, or I don't know, the guy from Clockwork Orange or someone like that. Is, like, this perf- like this movie isn't just about revenge and rage. It's about grief and trauma. And that is shown through Carrie's performance. And the thing about it is, is that, you know, having seen Carrie do these like period drama performances as great as they are. I mean, like sh- this is her first time that she's been nominated in 11 fucking years. Like, you know, Shame is not a movie that the Academy would have liked, but if maybe if it were toned down in its content or the Academy wasn't so cold to it and Fox Searchlight ran a campaign, maybe she would have swept for that movie because that is a that is a really amazing performance. You know, you've also got Wildlife, which she could have at least been nominated in if the movie were bigger not distributed by IFC. I, I haven't seen Suffragette, but I guess if that were good, she could win. I haven't, like, but again, I haven't watched it. Oh, Suffragette's not great. Um, Suffragette's a banger. I haven't seen it. I, don't know. <laughs> I think I like, watched it on TV once. Like, this is her first time back in 11 years, and here she is giving the best performance of her career. And I mean, this is so wildly different from anything she's ever done. It feels right to reward her. But at the same time, it feels like a performance that should have won the globe, drama or comedy. Promising a woman submitted to comedy, HFPA forced it into drama. And while they nominated the movie very much, she loses to Andrew Day who the more I think about it, that Globe win was just the one that got, was just what got her the nomination. I don't know that's really going to get her the win. And we'll talk about that 
she could have, I guess she should have won SAG, but you know, you could say, well, Viol- they like SAG loves Violet Davis in the same way that HFPA loves Aaron Sorkin. And plus, you don't, w- w- this would be true for both of these groups. You don't know how close the vote count was. Maybe she was like two votes away from winning at one of these groups. And then there's, of course, the fact that the BAFTA jury snubbed her, which, you know, even though it was decided on a jury by seven to 12 people, that does put a massive dent in her visibility. So then, then this begs the question of would she have won BAFTA if she were nominated? I think the evidence is there to show it winning best original screenplay at BAFTA, but also winning best British film when its sensibilities are mostly American and especially over the father, which, which is a very British film, even though it is made by a French filmmaker. I mean, that does say that to me that Mulligan probably would have won the BAFTA if she were nominated. But you can't really dip your toes too deep in the hypotheticals. The British bloc has been known to push upsets before, and the fact that they didn't go with Vanessa Kirby does tell me that they are more behind Mulligan than they are behind her. I do wonder how many voters in the Academy are just so excited to see her come back after an education that they just vote for her out of excitement. I know that's very flimsy reasoning, but I don't know, maybe it's possible. And I don't know, man. I mean, I I want to predict her really badly. I do think she still has a path, but I'm very tempted to not predict her just so I don't try to get my hopes up too high. But I want to hear what you guys think. Um, so for me, it's, I, I think by quite a bit, um, I think Carrie has the edge, uh, just because I think there's something against, obviously this is one of the most crazy, um, best actress or acting races we've seen in, in years, in a long time. And someone different won each of the precursors. The only person we can rule out is, uh, Vanessa Kirby. Unless she pulls a, uh, what's her name from uh, Pollock? Oh, Marsha Gellar. Yeah. That's so funny. I just read an article about her. They interviewed her about like how she wasn't like, like she wasn't even the front runner and how crazy that was and her experiences with that. Yeah. That's still crazy to this day. Yeah. But um, yeah. Uh, she's Vanessa Kirby, unless she she posts something like that, can be ruled out. Um, I know someone here is going to uh, disagree with me, but I think Andre Day can be ruled out because people hate that movie, and it's I I, I watched um, it pretty recently, and I I wasn't that impressed with her. I thought she was okay, but it's it's not an Oscar winning performance, and. Andre Day's someone who's more known for music than for acting. And this isn't like a star making turn in the way that um, Lady Gaga's was in A Star is Born. And then Frances McDormand. uh, Well, that's my favorite performance in this category. I think that she has 
just won really recently for um, three billboards. This would be her third Oscar. And that's a very exclusive club. And I don't know if she's the kind of actress who they're going to welcome into that exclusive club, especially so soon after her second win. Um, And like, you know, somewhere down the line, they could definitely give it to her again, but I don't know. I'd, I'd be pretty shocked if they gave it to her. And then with Viola Davis, um, I think she's, she's the runner up here, but the thing with Viola Davis is that Ma Rainey's wasn't nominated. A lot of people went into that movie or came out of that movie saying that Chadwick was better than Viola and it's more of a supporting performance. Um, And we know that as great as Viola is in that film, she's capable of more. And she's the kind of actress who's going to come back very soon and win another Oscar. Um, So if they don't give it to her now, they're going to give it to her, you know, in a couple of years. Carrie Mulligan, you know, this feels like a signature performance for her. And there's just so much hype surrounding her. Uh, this she she's really what makes that movie in a lot of ways. I mean, the script is amazing too, but Carrie is like giving a firecracker performance, and she makes that character a lot more complex than other actresses would. Um, and she's she's someone who's been on the rise for a long time. She's had so many great performances that the Academy hasn't <sighs> nominated because she's in films that didn't quite make it into the conversation. So I I think, yeah, for me, this is a pretty obvious one and it's obvious to see why it, uh, she didn't win the globe or the SAG because that's the kind of movie that they, they don't typically go for. It's a genre film. It's a, it's somewhat of a blockbuster in some ways compared to the other films nominated. So, and, and, and it's weird. It's like a really weird movie. I think people underestimate, how strange the ending is um so the sags and especially the globes are going to go for a more traditional performance like andre day or viola but carries is is a lot more complex and it's it's a lot more out there and i think the academy are more willing to go with a performance like that than um the the other bodies i hope you're right but Globes and SAG did give it to Joaquin. Yeah, but Joaquin's that's that's a different situation. Like Joaquin, first of all, Joker is not as weird as Promising Young Woman. Um, and second of all, Joker's like a very famous character. There was the whole narrative that they had given it to um Heath Ledger, and this would be like another way to honor that character again. And like Joaquin's an actor who, like, no offense to Carrie, was more overdue than Carrie. Like Joaquin, people say he's like there are people who say he's the best actor working today, and he's been like snubbed time and time again. It was kind of like a Leonardo DiCaprio situation where this was a big performance; they just had to give it to him. Um, this is this is a different situation, like. And, and Promising Young Woman, Joker was like a huge phenomenon. And it's a movie that's more agreeable than Promising Young Woman for as com- controversial as it is. More, more like normies went into that movie and said, 
I really love that. Promising Young Woman is, is a little more divisive, both in the normie community and in the cinephile community. But most people overall enjoy the film. Yeah. I mean, there's backlash, but there's no backlash towards Carrie's, Carrie's uh, performance. I don't think it would affect her. Because I think even people who don't like that movie and think that what Emerald Fennell did wasn't that great, um, they, they all say that what Carrie did was pretty exceptional. So I, I'd have a hard time seeing the script win and Carrie not winning, considering I think that script may not have worked as well with another actress. Well, it's funny you say that, Tristy, because I was about to bring something up. In a weird way, this movie does feel a lot like Get Out. And Get Out, only one screenplay. Now, you could say that Daniel Kaluuya, he wasn't winning. He didn't deserve to for that role. Here's the... But the thing about Kaluuya is that he was in a category where Gary Oldman was going to be winning the Oscar no matter what. Perhaps if Oldman wasn't there, it would be a little bit more competitive. Maybe Timothy Chalamet would have had a shot. Oh, maybe, yeah. Maybe Daniel, Day- Daniel. maybe Daniel Day-Lewis would have had a shot. You know, Dan, Dan, the other Daniel, Daniel Kaluuya. If James Franco didn't have his uh, sexual harassment allegations, maybe he'd be in the hunt. To, I don't to know. win? For, for Tommy Wiseau? That would have been crazy. I mean, they went with Rami Mike for Bohemian Rhapsody. You never know, buddy. For Tommy Wiseau? That would have been... Oh, I would have loved that. That would have been hilarious. It does feel like a lone screenplay winner. He did okay, but James Franco didn't not get nominated because of the allegations. Yeah, that's I mean, why. look at the timing of when they were submitted. After the ballots were submitted, that started to happen. So it had no. Well, I think it was actually during voting. So no, well, I think was, I remember reading about it. It was like shortly after. I think it was during voting. It was like the last day or something like that. It might have been like maybe the last day or last, but like it was something that would have not affected the voting. Yeah, and it, I don't even think it ended up being like it was, it was an incredible false, thing right? in the end, but yeah. that's a whole other thing. Um, okay, so hold on, I, I hold on, hold on. Here's another point I want to make focus features campaign for this film. At least based on what I have seen, maybe you guys can attest to something different, has been more centered around Emerald Fennell in the past few weeks. Like, I know Carrie has been doing, like, SNL and Jimmy Fallon, and she was on Good Morning America today, you know, right in the middle of Oscar voting. But look at what everyone's talking about with Emerald Fennell. Oh my God, Emerald Fennell, Emerald Fennell, Emerald Fennell, Emerald Fennell. Hey, did you know that Emerald Fennell is the seventh woman nominated for Best Director? Did you know that she's uh, one of the director, one of two women nominated for Director? And it's the first year that two women have ever been nominated in Director in the same year? You know, did you know this is Emerald Fennell, Emerald Fennell, Emerald Fennell? Did you know Emerald Fennell did Killing Eve? Did you know Emerald Fennell is on The Crown? Did you know Emerald Fennell won a SAG for Ensemble for The Crown? Like, they're talking about her. In the recent Guild ones, it lost ACE Eddie to Palm Springs when there was not really a reason that should have happened. It lost production, contemporary production design to The Five Bloods. It lost contemporary makeup to Birds of Prey. Like, it's, and even though it won a set decorators guild, 
It won um, the Costumes Writers Guild for makeup. It's almost like the passion for this movie from the industry is about Emerald Fennell and not Carrie Mulligan. Like, like that's what they're talking about. They're all talking about Emerald Fennell. I love, look at Emerald Fennell. She's so good. It reminds me, I wasn't following as closely back then, but it reminds me of Fox Searchlight's campaign for The Shape of Water, where they were all, they were pushing Guillermo del Toro. Look at Guillermo del Toro. Look at Guillermo del Toro. Look at Guillermo del Toro. He's the, he's the only one of the three amigos who hasn't won an Oscar. Get Guillermo del Toro an Oscar. And um, Sally Hawkins, even though she maybe could have won over Francis McDormand, it was a pretty baity role. She got the short end of the stick. She wasn't really campaigned as much by them. And so even when The Shape of Water won Best Picture and three other awards, she didn't win. But Guillermo del Toro won Best Director. And it's kind of reminding me of that. So I wonder, could that also backfire? Could you know, Emerald Fennell be running away with the Oscar and then Carrie lose, loses? And like I've legit seen campaign ads that say in big bold letters, written by Emerald Fennell. And even though Carrie's face is on the image, it doesn't mention Carrie's name. That is something I am very concerned about. Okay. So there's that. Here, you guys are going to hate me. But I, I think I'm I think I'm on to this. I think there's people who are sleeping on the fact that a- Andrew Days has a real good shot at this. I think she'll. I don't know about real good, buddy. Real good shot. I think. I think. I don't know about that. Gonna win. And here is the deal. All right. So not on my radar at all until she wants to go on Globe. You know that that's sometimes a weird thing that happens though. But she's she's there. Then she shows up at the Oscars. Then she, what does she, she wants something else? Right? Or am I wrong? She did not. She did not. Okay. Regardless. Regardless. So Carrie Mulligan misses the BAFTA. Jury. A very British film. So Viola Davis. Viola Davis is not winning. There's no How way. do you know? There's no she won way. the SAG though. No, she but the thing about it is that if we're already predicting Chadwick to win actor and we're predicting um Mulraney to win some of the more bottom line things they're not also going to give it actress if it didn't get nominated for picture yeah so Francis we've already talked about has already won twice and they probably won't I think if Francis had never won before this would have just been an easy category we could have moved on but that's not where we're at right Mm -hmm. of course Vanessa Kirby is just not happening we have the it's the narrative that if Andre Day won, she'd be like the second black actress to win and lead, which is really compelling. And I know that we said before that they don't look at that for screenplay, but they would be more willing to look at that for actress because that is a much more showier thing. You know what I mean? That is a, that that is more of a headline. All right, and. There is the fact that ABC, who runs the Oscars every year, is doing an hour special on Andra Day, who is in the new film, United States versus Billie Holiday. And if that's not a campaign ad, I don't know what could be a bigger campaign ad than that. Like, 
that that's insane. And I think there's a historical thing, especially what happened this year, to where it would be very, very compelling for the Academy Awards to award Chadwick and Andre Day the actor and actress. That would be moment. That would be huge. That'd be huge. And I think that they might actually want to go for that specifically. Um, I haven't like, and again, she's portraying Billie Holiday, which in the past has gotten some nominations and recognition for playing that specific role. So we could award that now too. I think a lot of people aren't looking into the very weeds of exactly what Andre, Andre Day win would mean and the type of buzz that it would garner the next day on like the day-to-day show or whatever. And I do think that we have seen in the past that the Academy are definitely more concerned with image than the actual quality of the performance, but like they will definitely go for a narrative. And that's, she has by far and away the biggest narrative when it comes to that. And I think I would be agreeing with you guys about Carrie Mulligan. And don't get me wrong, I hope Carrie Mulligan wins. I hope I'm wrong. Like, this is a far-fetched thing. And don't get me wrong, if she does win, I'll, I'll, I'll brag about it. But, like, I, I, Carrie Mulligan's amazing and promising young woman, and that'd be awesome if she won. And I think I would be on your guys' side, but it was whenever she lost the BAFTA when I went, uh-oh, there's something coming up. Because... Who, Carrie? Went, yeah. She, she, she got snubbed by that. a 7 yeah. to 12 person jury. But, and you have to also think about the fact that Andrew Day wasn't nominated there either. In fact, she didn't even no, make sorry. the long list. Apologies. apologies. I, it's really late. I didn't mean the BAFTA. I meant the SAG. But Andra wasn't nominated at SAG. But you I'm, could chalk that up to late screeners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and again, like I, I'm telling you, it's the fact that like, I think if Carrie had like universally won more of these award shows and it wasn't as split up, I'd be like, oh, okay, there we go. But since it's been split up, that means that there isn't a decisive like, oh, the jury believes this person wins type of thing. And then they'll be looking at who has the stronger narrative and they'll go, oh, it's Andre Day. But Viola Davis would also have the exact same narrative that she would also be the second black woman to win Best Actress. And Viola Davis is a much more respected name than Andrew Day. Yeah. And plus, people actually don't really like Andrew Day's performance all that much. And they don't like the movie. I mean, people like Andrew Day, but they don't, they don't love her performance. There isn't a total, like, there, there's no passion behind it. But there is passion behind Viola. I mean, I, it's, it's, not a, it's not a Rami Malek, Bohemian Rhapsody level bad performance. But, like, it's not. Oh, I think Grammy's better. Uh, that I, I I I'm sorry I I can't I can't I can't agree with that. I just I think there's something fresher about a Billy Holiday win that you could go for since it, it was nominated at the Globes and she's playing Billy Holiday and again they're they're doing the special with her on ABC and stuff and then she's kind of the star I think. I think, like, I don't, I can't tell you why, but I just think that there would be more of a story if she won. I to can't your, explain it more than that. To your points, Brett, I'm going to use the same argument I did in using, in 
against predicting midnight sky and visual effects is that Academy voters typically don't watch movies that only have one nomination. That's just the mentality they have. They don't watch movies that only have one nomination. Here, like, can I, can I, with, with any category. Real quick, add that I think pe- some people are going to vote for Andre Day without watching the movie. I don't, like, I legitimately think at times, like, we've seen in the past that Academy Award members will sometimes say, like, animated film, what's the one done by Pixar? Okay, I'll vote for that one. Like, that's been a legitimate mindset. I do believe that there will be some that are, like, um, a toss-up of this one. Okay, Andre Day, like, she's been doing well. She has some attraction on her. She won the Golden Globe. There's a special about her. She seems nice. We'll vote for her. You know what I mean? The Globes happened nearly two months ago, though. And, uh, like, the thing is, is, like, here's the thing. When you're the only nomination for your movie, you have to give voters literally no other option but to vote for you and your film, okay? This is at least partly why Glenn Close lost in 2018. She was the only nomination for The Wife. And she didn't sweep everywhere. And you had Olivia Coleman, whose film had 10 nominations and was very likely not going to win anything else. In fact, if Coleman didn't win, it would literally have gone 0-10. And so, you know, people look at Olivia Coleman and they're like, I don't know if I really want to vote for Glenn Close or I haven't seen The Wife, but I love Olivia Coleman, so I'm going to vote for Olivia Coleman. And Olivia Coleman won. Okay. When you, the last two um, women who won this category with a sole nomination, Julianne Moore and Still Alice swept. Charlize Theron Monster swept. I know she didn't win BAFTA, but that's because. Her film was not eligible for BAFTA in that year. It was eligible the year after. So she couldn't win there. If she had been nominated there, I feel like she probably would have won. And, and now here you have like Andrew Day, only a Globe winner, only an African-American film critic circle winner, was nominated to Critics' Choice, but lost to Carrie Mulligan. Was not nominated SAG, which you could chalk up to late screeners, but then again, they also nominated Judas and the Black Messiah. And then she wasn't even long listed at BAFTA. And I will not buy a late screener um, argument for BAFTA because while she wasn't long listed, Billie Holiday was long listed elsewhere in makeup and costumes. And Billie Holiday, she's the movie's only nomination. And she is not steamrolling. She's a newcomer to the film industry. So while, yes, she could be a spoiler, I doubt it. She is number four. And while, yes... They are doing campaigning for her. I should also point out that there is a Chadwick Boseman documentary on Netflix right now that is streaming during Oscar voting, which Viola Davis is in, and that voters could watch and they look at Viola Davis and maybe they're reminded of how great she is. There's also Carrie Mulligan, who was on Good Morning America this morning. And just before Oscar voting started, she was on SNL. And, you know, that whole like the the lesbian period drama skit went viral. Maybe people see that and they're like, ha ha ha, that's funny. Maybe I should vote for her. Not saying that SNL carries people to Oscars necessarily, but it does help put visibility in people's minds. So if you're going to consider that special on ABC for Andrew Day, 
perhaps you should, you should consider this Chadwick Boseman documentary that Viola Davis is in and SNL in Good Morning America for Carrie Mulligan, especially since Carrie Mulligan's Good Morning America episode was today and right smack dab in the middle of Oscar voting. So maybe you should be considering those things too, Brad. Well, here's where I'm going to say that I think that's a... Um, uh, I'm trying to think of words really late. Uh, unfair. I mean, not unfair is not the right word, but that's not the correct comparison. It's because the Andre Day special on ABC is specifically about like Andre Day and her impact not only on the music industry, but how she's getting in the film and how she's like nominated for actress. And it's during this time in America. The Netflix special, like you said, is a Chadwick Boseman special. It's not a Viola Davis special. And the Carrie Mulligan stuff is what every actress has ever done when they get nominated for an Oscar. They go to SNL, they go to talk shows, yada, yada, yada. There's nothing like special about that. If they were doing a special about um, Carrie Mulligan on ABC and her impact and how promising a woman um, brings light to something like that, then that'd be a different conversation, but that's not what it is. Okay, I hear you. I hear you. But like, all three of these ladies are doing campaigning in big ways that can get in the mind of Oscar voters. It's visibility. And if Andrew Day is trying to get out there with this ABC special, that doesn't mean her film is going to be seen by everybody. We know voters are going to be watching Promising a Woman and No Medland and probably Ma Rainey's as well. Are voters really going to be watching Billie Holiday or Pieces of a Woman, which are the two movies in this category that only have one nomination? I mean, once again, like I said, I kind of think, unfortunately, um, the Academy doesn't watch, a lot of Academies don't watch a number of the films and still vote for them occasionally. And maybe you could say that more about the below line stuff more than the main line stuff. But I think when it comes to the instance of like awarding a black actress, lead actress, it's, it's a little different. But, like, what if they don't see your film? That's my question. And, like, if you bring up, like, Howie Berry, Monsters Ball, I should mention that Monsters Ball also had a screenplay nomination to go along with Howie Berry. And Monsters Ball so did really well at Precursors. And it was, like, a pretty popular movie. And it probably would have gotten Best Picture nomination if there were nine. Yeah. So, like, I don't really think you can... <clears throat> I don't really think you can make that case. Uh, and I mean, look, I want to predict Gary really badly. I really do. But I'm starting to get this gut feeling that McDormand might win, might coattail off the Nomadland love. I know she's going to be winning as a, thir- as a producer anyway, but I mean, if they're going to be talking about women who deserve three Oscars, Tristan, I know you said earlier that McDormand, um, you know, she could win. Like, she maybe not be in that league, but there are people who do see her in a league of like a Meryl Streep or a Catherine Hepburn. Well, I personally do. I, I I was just saying, 
what I think most people feel like, but I I'd put her in that category. Sure. But there's a lot of people who do feel like she is a Meryl Streep or a Catherine Hepburn where she does deserve three, three plus Oscars. And, you know, maybe they decide to do that. Um, but like, you know, that's also a very subtle performance. And, you know, I use the argument of Emerald Fennell being the campaign for promising young woman. Chloe Jaw is kind of the face of the Nomadland campaign in a lot of ways. But I also feel like if I'm going to be predicting the father for adapted screenplay, then I should probably predict Francis to win here so that it can have like four wins because it feels very weird for Nomadland to win Best Picture with only three wins. I know it happened with Green Book. I know it happened with uh, Moonlight, but I don't know. Does Nomadland feel more like a shape of water or a parasite or does it feel like a um, does it feel like a green book? Does it feel like 12 Years a Slave? Does it feel like I don't know Moonlight in that in that regard? Can it win Best Picture with just cinematography and director? Like these are things you you should consider. And I am also very concerned that Ma Rainey's, where Ma Rainey's can win with four of five nominations, that best picture nomination. Like, I know, I know very, like, I'm well aware of the fact that stats are meant to be broken and stats will be broken this year. And I'm already predicting Ma Rainey's to win three Oscars, which is a stat breaker in and of itself. But I don't know that Ma Rainey, is a strong enough movie to break this stat of winning four. Because not only did it miss picture, it missed director and editing, two, two awards I, I was not expecting it to get into, but it missed screenplay. Not only did it miss screenplay, it missed screenplay for fucking Borat. Borat. There is no reason that Borat should have gotten in over Ma Rainey, maybe with Ma Rainey instead of like White Tiger or something, Borat got in over Ma Rainey. And if it still got the picture nomination with the screenplay snub, you could say, okay, well, that's just the writer's branch being kooky. But no, they snubbed it in writing and picture. So I don't know that Ma Rainey is a strong enough movie to do that. And... Like, there's some arguments that, like, oh, if Chadwick loses, then that helps Viola. I'm sorry. I don't really get that because, like, I don't know. It just feels disrespectful to give it to Viola and not Chadwick. Like, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but to me, that's what it feels like. As excellent as Viola Davis is in that role. I am tempted to just say, fuck it and go with Carrie and stick with my personal preference, stick with the one I've been predicting since January. But I also probably shouldn't predict her because I don't want to set myself up for disappointment. But then again, I also predicted Olivia Coleman 
when she was my personal choice. Like I predicted Olivia Coleman just based on a feeling that they were going to prefer her to Glenn Close. This isn't the same scenario. And like, I just, I, I just don't think enough voters have seen Billie Holiday to vote for, um, to vote for Andrew Day. I just, I, I, I don't know. I'm trying to make up my mind right here, right now. Man, I don't know. This is really tough. This is really tough. George, go with your heart. I don't know if I should do that, man. Man. I went with my heart for SAG, and that didn't work out. Fuck. This is... Uh, uh, man. I don't know what to do, guys. I don't know what to do. I'm stumped. I'm really stumped. I... Man. Another thing against McDormand is she hasn't been campaigning at all. She hasn't even shown up to award shows. Mulligan and Davis and Day and Kirby, even Kirby have. I don't know, man. It's just so... It feels so weird. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And this is one where I would want to turn to the anonymous ballots. They're not going to help me either. All right. Right here on the spot. I will say. You know what? Fuck it. I'll just. I'll do it. I'll just go with my heart. I'll, I'll just say Carrie. Fuck it. And you know what? If I didn't predict her and she won, I would hate myself forever. But at least if I predict her and get it wrong, I was like, you know what? I tried. I tried manifesting it and it didn't happen. It's okay. So I think Um, I'll just I'll just go with my heart and, you know, try not to be disappointed when if she loses. I'm going to write you down for care. This entire arc was more compelling than the entirety of Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I came all again. <laughs> that was uh, so much shorter than George's. Well, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it's like, like, God, that was like three minutes. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of insane. Dude. I'm stressing yeah. in this category, dude. I... But oh like, my God. I don't see why it's going to be Carrie Mulligan. I don't yeah. know why you're so confident about it. I'm not. I, one, it's easy. And two, like, as Thank much you. as I love the Oscars, I mean, <laughs> if she wins, it's Jared not like. It's the <laughs> yeah. Like, even if she, if she loses, as much as that would suck, I mean, she's still got an award for Critics' Choice and she'll come back. She'll win for something else. You know, I'll, I'll have to wait for a maestro, I guess. Dude, dude, Bradley Cooper, if he does not win next year or the year after, I am I'm done. 
with the well, Carrie's the only reason I'm hyped for that movie. So, George, it makes you feel any better. I'm still grieving over the fact Haley Steinfeld didn't win for Bumblebee. <laughs> I think you mean Edge of Seventeen, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> oh, dude, and that's gonna be at Cannes. Okay. I'm yep. Uh, I figured it was going to be. Oh, oh, dude, it's a July release. Mm. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, that's that might not be an Oscar player. I feel like I might change like five minutes before the ceremony, during the ceremony, after the category is fucking announced. <laughs> Just go with your heart, man. If if she doesn't win, then that sucks. But if she does win, then you'll be happy that you predicted her. I swear like, to, if you know, if she does win, you guys are gonna hear me screaming all the way from Tennessee. That's what I did with Bradley Cooper. I knew he wasn't gonna win, but I still predicted him, and he didn't win, and that sucked. But whatever. At least I predicted him. If Carrie does win, you guys will hear me scream. I guarantee it. Yeah. All right. Well, at least now we can finally move on to in, to probably the biggest lock of the night. Director. Thomas Vinterberg for another round. David Fincher for Mank. Lee Isaac Chung for Minari. Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Everell Fennell for Promising Young Woman. I think it's Chloe Zhao. Yep. Chloe. Yeah, right, Chloe's that. Who do you guys think is number two? Um, uh, uh, Emerald, probably. Or Lee Isaac. Play Emerald, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, I would say Emerald for now. And then Lee in, in third, Fincher in fourth, and Vinterberg in fifth. If Emerald wants director, then Promising a Woman one picture, and that'd be a weird night. Yeah. It would pull a parasite. Oh, oh my God, Brett, stop getting my hopes up. <laughs> but, okay, a lot of people say like pulling a parasite and whatever, but like I think Nomad Land is the parasite. Nomad Land is this indie darling kind of thing. It is the the yeah. movie that the critics. Yeah, it wasn't for the fact that it was conquering the entire award season. Yeah, I mean, it, I and I think the reason it's conquering the entire award season is because it's the only movie out of the pack that kind of like relates to COVID. Yeah, well, like, Parasite wasn't conquering the entire award season. That's what made that such a surprise. Except that it was the one that was talked about. It was buzzed about. It was the talk of the town from Cannes all the way to the Oscars. Yeah. Yeah, What I'm saying is that um, it wasn't, like, winning everything that Nomadland was. You know? Like, it was more divided. So that's what made it a surprise when it ended up winning. True. I mean, yeah. I predicted that Parasite was going to win Best Picture. I did as well, but I'm saying that it didn't sweep like Nomadland has been. Yeah, I, that's why I don't think the comparison between the two is very apt. Yeah, but I, I just think like what, what I meant was like um, Nomadland is like this year's you know big kind of like it, it's the movie that's kind of like defining this year in the way that parasite defined last year and the way that like roma defined 2018 i 100% agree with that assessment if that's what yeah yeah definitely or well, then, like like boyhood like 
her. It's like the the critic darling kind of thing. Well, then I guess we can move on to Best Picture, where we have The Father, Judas of the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. It is a fool's errand to bend against Nomadland. Um, Chicago Seven, I suppose, could win. No. Minari, I guess, could. Baby, Promising Young Woman, if they really love it. There's absolutely no way Trials winning at this point. I would say any two movies, this is weird, any two that even have a shot will be Promising Young Woman and The Father, and that's it. I don't know about The Father. I give it it like 5% for each one. I'd say Minari and The Father, because Promising Young Woman's got a bit of backlash, and Trials got a lot of backlash. But Promising Young Woman won Best British Film at BAFTA over The Father, which indicates to me that's a bigger Oscar contender. And that's why I predicted that Promising Young Woman would win Best British Film, even when you two predicted that it wouldn't. So, you know, uh, yeah, who owes who money? (laughs) I'm just kidding. But, um, yeah, I... When When the movie won PGA, that was like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's happening. And something that I think the preferential ballot is advantageous to, to Nomadland because while it wasn't that for Roma necessarily, Roma was a movie that people would rank low on their ballots because they just couldn't get into it. It was too slow. With Nomadland, even the people who aren't going to vote for it, like most of them aren't going to rank it much lower than like number four. And when you look at these people, like a lot of these movies, at least with most of them, maybe not Make or Chicago 7, but like people who put Promising a Woman at number one are probably going to have Nomadland ranked pretty high. Same with Minari, same with The Father, same with Sound of Metal, probably same with Judas as well. So like, you know, the... the the preferential ballot really does really is advantageous to um, Nomadland in many ways. Um, And, you know, PGA was theoretically the hardest place for it to win because they're very populist, very in Chicago's have its most producer friendly movie there. I think it's also fair to point out that there is still a streaming bias out there within the Academy and the trial of Chicago seven is a Netflix movie. And, you know, winning SAG, I mean, it just kind of feels like the obvious one. It, it, it does feel like the obvious winner in this category in, in, the, 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 in SAG Ensemble. Wait, are you saying Trial feels like the obvious winner? For SAG Ensemble, not oh, necessarily yeah. for Best Picture. Yeah. Well, are I, we all voting Nomadly? Yeah. I, don't, I don't really see a reason not to. I guess... The only thing that could happen is if like Chicago 7 or Minari or Promising a Woman do want a preferential ballot. And Tristan, I know, like, you know, the, like you said, like, oh, well, Promising a Woman, you're divisive. Uh, there's some reports that a lot of people in the Academy are putting it at number one. Promising and, a Woman? Yeah. Well, I know Nomadland's a bit divisive now because like people. Yeah, but the like. Normies find it boring. Nobody really cares about the controversy of Nomadland. Yeah, because the controversy is, oh, it's boring, which is... Yeah, really at funny. least with, like, La La Land, there were people that cared. With Nomad yeah. Land, like, everyone's like, who gives a shit? And 
there are reports that there are a lot of Academy members who are very apathetic about this year. They're like, oh, I'm not voting. It's been a long season. I'm ready for this to be over. I mean, I'm ready for this season to be over. Jesus Christ. I think we all are. Yeah. Um, yes. Very fatigued. So they just like, okay, Nomadland, yawn. Let's move on. And, and that's something that could happen. I think it's smart to predict that. Um, if something else were to do well on a preferential ballot, that could happen. But like, you know, I mean, while there are a lot of people who love trial and are enthusiastic about it, it I, I, I like I don't think it's as hated as people on the Internet make it out to be. It's, it's not. Actually, most people like trial. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It's not as hated as most people make it out to be. But I don't I don't know. But it's like no one really talks about it like that much. Like it was trending on Netflix recently after it got the best picture nomination. And you know, it was like it was in the Netflix top ten when it came out, but that feels like so long ago. Yeah. And Mank was I think Mank actually did better. It was in the Netflix top 10 for longer than uh, Trial was. Which is interesting. And I think me got number one, actually. Hmm. But Trial came yeah. out in October, and that was a more crowded time. If I were to guess what number two is, I probably would say Trial, just because of the SAG win. But it could Promising a Woman could be number two. Minari could be number two, for all we know. I mean, there's not necessarily a clear number two. And, you know, if the preference about can produce weird things like Chicago 7 winning just editing and picture or even just best picture as Clayton Davis is theorizing, like, I don't know, I guess. If Chicago 7 were to somehow upset in screenplay, it'd be like, oh, well, yeah, it's winning best picture. But again, Promising a Woman has won three of the four screenplay precursors at the major awards. It really doesn't feel like it's weak. And again, Emerald Fennell is the talk of the town. There's no real push to give Aaron Sorkin another Oscar. There's no real push to give Chicago 7 an Oscar outside of like editing. And I mean, like, yeah, this really is like what it's shaping up to be. Um, with uh, Nomadland winning. I know it didn't have the SAG Ensemble nomination, but I mean, it's not really an actor's movie. There's only like two trained actors in the entire film. So of course it wasn't going to get nominated there. And 12 Years a Slave won Best Picture without a SAG Ensemble win. So Nomadland can probably do it too. I mean, you know, Golden Globe, Critics' Choice, PGA, DGA, BAFTA, Spirit, even. In any other year, this movie would be the underdog. This movie would be the moonlight. Maybe compared to something like French Dispatch or Dune or whatever. 
but in this specific year, it's the front runner, which is really weird. So I'm really happy. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's going to be the first time my favorite movie of the year wins. Well, you know, I would like promising a woman to win just so I could say that my favorite movie of the year won best picture two years in a row. Hey, you got it last year. Let me have it this year. Yeah, I know. I know. But, you know. I do think Parasite is a better movie than Promising a Woman, which would obviously mean I think Parasite's a better movie than all of these nominees. Oh, oh, if I had to compare Nomadland to my favorite last year, Marriage Story, I think I'd go Marriage Story. Hmm. But uh, I, I prefer Promising a Woman and Minari as films. I, I love Nomadland. I think it's a five out of five masterpiece and i will cheer when it wins i will be very happy but i do think a win for promising a woman or minari would be more unique would be more interesting more different i don't know about that like do you do you mean because nomadland's winning everything or because of the film because like i I mean more so like the films itself like i know you could say like oh there's maybe some movies and minari's one but like is an immigrant movie ever one best picture? I guess Grapes of Wrath, but but I feel like Minari from a storytelling perspective is a little more traditional than Nomadland because Nomadland's very much a tone poem, and Minari's kind of like a slice of life family movie, and it's it's a little more I don't know, it's a bit more traditional. I mean, fair enough. That's the reason why I put Minari below Nomadland personally, but. I don't know. Oh, I'm so tired. Me yeah. too. I think Brett just dipped. <laughs> He's like, I'm done. Yeah, well, um, yeah, this was our very, very long podcast. Uh, it's going to be uh, it's, it's going to be one shit show of an editing job for me to do, but got to do what you got to do, right? Anyway, we'll see you after the 93rd Oscars where, you know, if uh, if things go as planned for me and I don't, uh, I will, um, you know, and and I'm happy, then, you know, then. You, some like maybe that'll be proof that God is real and I'll stop being an atheist anyway um yeah thank you all for listening and we'll see you guys next time <laughs>